Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride. Players Championship Week is here. I'm excited about it. It's also Anthony Richardson weekend. Let me tell you what I got. Let me tell you what I got. Let me lay this out for you. I got Players Championship Week, AR Weekend, Ridley Day. Pretty good. Is that what it is? And Did I miss something? first time at the baseball park oh, in Gainesville. Oh, that park is unbelievable. Unbelievable. It, it looks really good on TV, and TV doesn't do it justice. I, I mean, I'm a baseball park guy. I'm kind of sick that way. You ought to see this thing. I need to go see it. Oh, Gibby. Gibby, I'm telling you, bro, you're a big, kind of a baseball park guy too. Oh, yeah. And, G- and Gibby, by the way, I've seen pictures of the App State Park. Yes. It, but it's surrounded by the trees. It, that must be gorgeous. I mean, so I mean, I've only seen pictures. Oh, yeah. So you, so, but I've done I'm, games there, many games. It's, uh, it's awesome. It looks like it. But I'm telling you, Hayes, Lauren, you, you ought to see this thing. I mean, it is absolutely spectacular. Yeah, I said to you last week, dang, if only Florida-Miami wasn't the weekend yeah. after we get home from the same combine, here, same here. I would have really wanted to go, so, yada, yada, yada. And then yesterday I was like, wait, Frank's there. So I woke up. So let me tell you a story. So I wake up at 9.30. I mean, I wake up at 7.30. But I, get, I look up at 9.30. We've walked the dog. I've had breakfast. And I say, it's 9.30. It's a gorgeous day. And our golf course was closed because the UNF ladies event is going on there. So there's no golf. I'd play golf Saturday. There's no golf on Sunday. Did you get wet? You know, a little bit. Not bad, yeah. though. So, drizzled. So, I said, okay, it's Sunday. All right. Um, I think I'm going to go to the game. So, I said, yeah, you ought to go. Amber, Amber and McKenzie were coming over like at 5. So, I had some time. So, I said, okay, I'm going to go. So, took a shower, hopped in the car. So, as I'm driving, you're not supposed to text and drive. So, I was careful. So I reached out. You were out. voice texting. Yeah, I re- well, I stopped. I didn't want to stop. Anyway. I'm a pro at that yeah. voice texting. <laughs> so I, uh, so I, so I text Dooley, Harry, Jeremy Foley, Steve McLean. Tell tell everybody I'm coming. Who wants to come and who wants to give me tickets? Okay, so that that's that's kind of the question, right? Who who's coming and who who wants to give you tickets? Those are kind of the two combination things. So I decided to go, and Dooley says, "Yeah, I'll come." Harry says, yeah, let me let me finish up some chores, but I'll probably come. Uh, Jeremy, who's got four great seats, but he is in California just visiting. So he said, but he te- he, he he calls me. He says, well, let me leave, let me send you my ticket. They're, you can imagine Jeremy Foley's got pretty good seats, right? Okay. One would think. So Jeremy's got these. So Jeremy sends me his tickets. So um, so but but Steve McLean leaves me a credential. So I said, okay, I want to go say hello to Cardozo and Scott Carter and all those guys. So so I go up there and I see Cardozo in the great booth to see Jeff for a little bit. So then we go and um, so Dooley and I are there first. So we go sit in Jeremy Foley's seats, which are great seats. Okay. So I tweet a picture of one of the picture, one of the when they had the four runs of the first. So Scott Strickland sees the tweet, and I didn't text him. I don't want to bother him. <laughs> so okay, and I told him he's like, he, you're the AD. You got a thousand things going on. So he sees the tweet. So he texts me. He goes, you hear? I, I said, yeah, because I was going to go down there. I was going to tell him. He, I was always going to tell him he's going to give me a tour. He goes, come up. So Dooley and I spent about two innings in, in Jeremy's seat seats. Strickland calls us up. So we go up to the AD's box where there's all the, the food and the beer and the stuff. Chris Harry amazingly times it to where he gets there just in time for the AD box. Okay. So, so it, was just, it was Scott, his wife, me, Chris, and Pat for about seven innings. It was a, pretty it was, good for not having planned. For, and, and, I, and I decided to go that morning. I literally did not had not decided until nine thirty in the morning. So we had a great time. It's a wonderful. You got to see the Grand Slam. Yes, and I and I mean, I'll tell you this. By the way, 
know this, and Gibby, you know this too. I've watched enough baseball. Something's going on. Something's juiced. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I don't know if it's the balls, the bats, or the bodies. I'm okay with it. But I'm t- I, I am too. I love it. UNF <laughs> hit five more on Friday. Yeah, yep. they're, they're, After I told you they had had right. more home runs than Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama, they hit five more. Well, and, and JU wins on a walk-off three-run bomb. Mm-hmm. Yep, Hogan McIntosh. Hayes, Florida's hitting balls. I've not seen hit in college baseball. They they hit a they hit a couple balls. The the one that ended it, Ty Evans, that thing's still going. It's over Waldo by now. I mean, they, they they hit balls, so something – I'm telling you, Gibby, something's going on. Well, the home run that Chandler Howard, he's the freshman DH for JU, right. he hit one over the scoreboard in right field. Over the scoreboard. On, on Tuesday night, yeah. and I, I've never seen one. Now, it's a brand-new scoreboard out yeah. there in right. looks great. I've never seen one go over the scoreboard, yeah. and he launched it. Yeah, and, that, and that's so so. But I love it. So, we had a great time. It's a great ballpark, and it's uh, – but I'm telling you, the ballpark is just magnificent. It's, it's one of the most magnificent parks you'll ever see so i'm in yeah so spur of the moment went down there and watched a little baseball had a great time um and uh and boy can they hit by the way gibby can they hit i mean they can really hit now i mean i mean they they just have to figure out the bullpen yeah the bullpen is not very good right now but two through six in the order would be batting third on any other florida team i've ever seen i was really impressed by cade curlin yeah he's leading off now he he's a freshman who skipped his senior year of high school and broke every record in in that high school that he went to at tampa yeah and he's just He's crushing it. Yeah, the, the 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 skip the senior year is a little bit of a misnomer because he he reclassified. Right. And so he really he's 19. So so but but nonetheless it was it was, it was a wonderful what beautiful day and beautiful ballpark. It's always good to get back to Gainesville and hang out with my buddy so it was a wonderful day. All kind of stuff to get to today. I want to start the show with Anthony Richardson in just about 5 minutes or so. But I love the Ridley news. I, we all knew there, there, it was not really news cuz he was going to be reinstated and they wouldn't have traded for him if they didn't know. But it felt like news, didn't it? Did you get that? That didn't it, even though it's not news, it felt newsy today. Well, we're not used to this. We've never been in this situation, so you have a good feeling for how it's going to go. But it is gambling, and and you don't know, you know, whether you get reinstated. None of us know Calvin Ridley personally, so I think it was it was great to see. We all knew it was ninety nine point nine percent going to happen, but it's still great to get the confirmation and uh, you know, and the fact that he's going to be out there. April 17th, when they start voluntary off-season program, Calvin Ridley will be there, I, I would imagine. So, uh, But it's wonderful that, that now he's officially part of the team. Again, not much football stuff they can do with him right now, but just great that that's you know, behind him. Uh, now the club can move forward. There's no more variables. They know they're going to have Calvin Ridley. And, and, Lauren, I said this during the handoff. Not only is he a guy that gets to play again, but I get the sense, just reading his tweets, talking to people that know him, I know some people in Atlanta that know him, that he really, this is a case, you don't realize what you have till it's gone. He really realized what it's like to all of a sudden not have football. And this really is his second lease on life. And I think that inspires you even more, even more. So uh, I'm real excited about it. Yeah, it's different than Evan Ingram, who went through a phase where he wasn't sure that he loved football anymore because his was more injury issues that led yeah. to some drops and things like that. And, and then, of course, in New York market, that's just brutal. Kelvin Ridley's is completely different. But I get the sense that the way Evan Ingram was this past season and, and how much fun he had and the camaraderie and chemistry that he had, that will be Kelvin Ridley this upcoming well, season. Well, part, part of it, too, is he's hearing from people that are really excited for him and everyone's telling him, you can't imagine how good it is down there. The, the plays the guy calls, the balls the guy throws, the camaraderie in the room. He's, he's hearing all that already. He just couldn't come be part of it yet. You know, so um, 
So I'm excited about this. We'll talk about Calvin Ridley. Evan Ingram got franchised. No real surprise there, but it is official now. We'll certainly talk about that. Did you see Travis Kelsey's monologue? Yeah, it was good. He was fantastic. He was. And I mean, I'm not going to show it to my kids. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But it was that's a very right. good monologue. But he was fantastic. Do you see it? I did. Oh, I, my God. I he knew was he would do really well. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't sure that he'd be self-deprecating. And yeah. so that was the part that surprised me. And the brother played along. Yes. When Jason, when, they, when, when he, the straight face, it was it was fantastic. So we got a lot to talk about today on the uh, program. Um, A lot to do. Derek Carr's got a new home. No surprise there. So a lot of no surprises, but. We'll talk about him nonetheless. Uh, our Duval County Scholar athlete stops by in about 20 minutes. But I'm going to start with Anthony Richardson. He blew up the combine as we knew he would. That's how we kick off the program. On this Monday, brought to you by our friends at The Best Bet. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. And here he is running a 40-yard dash. And oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is full <laughs> Moses Malone. Uh, four, four, four. Comments of Rich Eisen when uh, Anthony Richardson ran that 4 4 3 um, officially a four four three, uh, forty. Let's start with AR. You knew, by the way, he would crush it. You knew he was gonna out, broad jump, vertical jump, run. I guess lift more than anybody did. You knew he had that rifle arm. He very wisely went without the sleeves. You know, did you notice he's on the quarterback without the sleeves? He went without the sleeves. So you knew he would look the part. I had a hunch he would interview well. Apparently, he interviewed great. He's a great guy. He was good on the board. He might have elevated himself to 1-1. He might, he might be 1-1 now. There, there's, there's some belief. And he may not, but there's some belief that he, a guy that was going to go top 10 might go top 2 or 3 now based on how the who trades for whom and what happens. Yeah, the odds were 8-1 to one that Anthony Richardson would be selected first overall. Now they're 4-1. to one. Yeah, and, and now he's second behind Stroud, right? He's, he's Second he's, behind Young. Second behind Young, that's yeah. right. So, um, so, so. I got. I'm gonna let you guys go first. Hey, start this. What did we learn? What changed? What are your thoughts on Anthony Richardson after the combine, or do they change at all from where they were before the combine? They don't change for me. I mean, I still think he's the fourth best quarterback uh, available. Um, you know, I, I thought obviously he's got magnificent athleticism, and you know, he was probably even better than what we anticipated. Um, I, I still think there. There are things about him uh, as a player that are greatly concerning that aren't going to show up in in the combine. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this: I didn't like the backflip. That's careless. You've already put on a show. This is a kid who got injured dancing last year before a game. Like if I'm a GM again, you've got to be obsessed with this. You can't be careless. That is careless. I mean, again, it, it's it's not that big of a deal, but I don't want my number one pick, doing backflips that aren't necessary. What if he tears his Achilles doing that right there on the field? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. You've already done everything that you needed to do. You know, so why do that? Why, to me, that's, that's he gets too excited and he makes bad decisions. And I, I didn't like that aspect of it. Um, I thought Stroud threw better. Um, you know, so, I mean, again, I think he's, I think he's, Unbelievably talented, and and certainly the reward in in selecting him, it could be immense. But I, I I think even for all the athleticism, I still don't know that he can play quarterback. I mean, and and so, and again, the combine wasn't going to answer any of that. He's a magnificent athlete. Uh, it would not be if I was a GM that needed a quarterback. 
I would not be placing Richardson above the, the other three guys because of his lack of experience and his lack of savvy and feel for the position. Anthony's performance didn't change anything for me as far as where I think he should be selected in the draft. But in talking to people last week in Indianapolis, the NFL people are very intrigued by that potential. And so that's what changed for me. I thought NFL people would think the same thing college people did. And that is Anthony Richardson is hit or miss at times throwing the ball. And he's hit or miss at times on whether or not he should run the ball. He is. He benefits from no GM is a Gator fan who watched every play. The player, the Gator media fans, people that watched every play, are more likely to see the flaws that show up in three and a half hours, even though you say, no, the GMs watch every play of a game. Well, it's different, though. It's different when you go back and watch the cut-ups. Even if it's all 58 plays they had that day, that's different than watching the flow of the game. It just is. It's different than the flow of the game. And so, um, but I thought he would be so magnificent that he's going to, it only takes one. It only takes one. And it may take a desperate GM or a GM. Um, I mean, Chris Ballard's about to get fired. Okay, he 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 could he could get fired. He might say, you know what? Maybe he's maybe because if I'm right, if 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 the traits are right, then he's going to be this magnificent player. I may take one crack at magnificent. Yeah, you know, I'm using him as an example. So so I, I'm not surprised that he that he crushed it. I'm not surprised that it's all the talk. I I still feel like both of you do though. That that the knack for the game is something he's, and that doesn't mean he won't learn it, but it's something he still has to learn. I got so many other thoughts about it too, and he did throw a beautiful ball. I'm not surprised C.J. Stroud was the best thrower there, and he might have been the best thrower there because Bryce Young didn't throw. Okay, so they're the they're the two best throwers, and C.J. You know, I think C.J. Stroud is Bryce Young who's bigger. I think he's going to be really good. I and I've, I've stood my ground on that since since I since I drove out of College Park, Maryland. That weekend and said, "Wow, wow! I had no idea." So, should so. Bryce Young have thrown? I know we said you don't want him standing next to the other quarterbacks, but everybody's already aware of the height. Well, I don't think he's going to lose anything by not. Remember now, it's recency. You're going to see him throw it in Tuscaloosa, and he's going to throw it all over the place. So, here's let me tell you, let me make the dumbest comment you'll ever hear. It's not and that's saying something because I make a lot of dumb comments. Okay, let me make a dumb comment because he's magnificent. He looked good. He's a nice guy. He's a great kid. And and I I was in Gainesville yesterday. You talk about a guy that everybody's rooting for, people that know him, people around that athletic program that really really know him, and they're like, oh my god, they they, they he's rooting. They're rooting as hard for him as they have anybody they've ever seen. But I'm going to make the dumbest comment I've ever, like the ultimate dumb comment here, the ultimate dumb comment. <laughs> Are his skills almost wasted by playing quarterback? I mean, speed matters. Because you can take off and run. There's naked, there's quarterback draws. But I don't know how high you jump or how uh, far you jump. I mean, I want him to be a quarterback, and you want to play quarterback. Most guys that move from quarterback to tight end, receiver, whatever, is because they couldn't play quarterback. Okay, no, Nobody moves voluntarily because they're going to be better at another – because they want to play another position. Nobody does that. Okay, And and this kid is and – I, and I don't think anyone's ever going to outwork the guy. Okay? I mean, he, he, by all accounts, great worker, great – every positive thing you could see. And maybe he'll develop that knack. You know, maybe he will. But I don't think he's going to be the best quarterback in the history of the sport. Okay? I don't think he's going to be that. I think we just saw that. And I don't think any of these guys are going to be that. The only guy I think that I've seen in the last 10 years that might one day be that is Mahomes or possibly our guy, okay, because of all the traits. 
All right, just my opinion. Maybe I'm being biased, but it's my opinion. But if he played another, I don't even think he's a tight end. I think he's a wide. If he didn't play quarterback, and again, again, by the way, don't misread what I'm saying. He should pursue quarterback and hopefully be a 20-year starter in the NFL and be the greatest, change the game forever. But if he wasn't a quarterback, if he wasn't, he's a 6'4", 240-pound wide receiver. Who's covering him? Who's jumping with him? Who, 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 could ever, who could ever cover the guy? Ever. You know, I mean, I don't know if he'd be good at it. You know, everyone said Tebow should play tight end or linebacker. And the reason the Tebow camp never wanted to is because they didn't think he'd be very good at it. But when he finally tried it in his 30s, he wasn't very good at it. But they always said to I, – I, I'll never forget Tebow's dad, Bob, told me one time, said, Frank, he's not being stubborn. He didn't think he'd be any good at it. Why, why would you go play – do something you wouldn't be good at? And he was right, even though he's older. So, so – Maybe Anthony would be no, but I'm just thinking, and again, this is not go change positions, but I just, he's such a marvelous athlete. I mean, are there, do tight ends run that way? Are there, have there been tight ends that run that fast? He would test out very well for a tight end. For, or, or almost yeah. anything. So, yeah. but anyway, so. But he also has the unbelievable arm. Yeah. And, so and, that's what. And, and, and I mean, it's not just a strong arm. He was on the money. It's a tight spiral. It is a beautiful ball. Um, and, and when they, and he understands the game. So it's not like he doesn't know the game. It's not like he can't get up on the board. See, but that's where I wonder. You, I, I, here's what I think. When he gets up on the board, I think he really knows it. I think he's smart as hell. I think what happens, though, is when the, when, when the bullets are live, he might not can make that decision, as, the right decision as quickly and have his footwork as perfect, which means he's as accurate. As, that's the question. The good thing is he's going to get a chance. He's going to get a chance to prove all that. And he's earned that by, again, what a great story this dude is. I am, I am, I'm rooting even harder for him uh, than before. I just don't know. You know, I just don't know if he's got the knack. I don't know if you all read the Stephen Holder piece on the ESPN. Great story. Yeah, inside of Anthony Richardson's time at the Combine. And Steve yeah, Mariucci yeah. sat him down and, and drew yeah. up a play, then talked with him for a few minutes, and then said, okay, drop yeah. back up. And he had everything right except – the, he put the quarterback in shotgun uh, versus under center. I talked to people at the combine while we were there. They said he crushed it on the board. They said he put him on the board. He crushed it. Not, never, never confused, never surprised. Yeah, he's a really smart guy. You can be really smart, but when you have to make that decision instantaneously, just not have the great knack to do it. My take on watching him was that he didn't have a great knack for it. But I'll tell you this, watching those balls he threw, whew, whew, he, uh, if he does figure out the knack, Wherever he goes, it's going to be fun to watch. I'll say that. So I, it's just weird. I, I because we saw him so much, you know, we saw the good and the bad. It almost he's almost heard on radio show here that he wouldn't be heard on one in Chicago because they didn't see the flaws that we we saw, and that's almost unfair to him. Well, again, Hayes, other teams and and especially GMs, but fans of other teams are going to convince themselves. It's Florida's bad program that's the reason that he right. wasn't more successful. They, they had Dan Mullen, who didn't really care anymore, and then Billy Napier, it's his first year, and he's not an offensive coordinator wizard. And, well, he, we thought he might be, but he clearly wasn't. And so I think other people can convince themselves it was the, the problem was Gainesville, not AR. I think there is something, too. There were problems around Anthony Richardson. Correct. I mean, again, the defense never stopped anybody. Bad receivers. Uh, so he gets he gets killed for the bad record. Well, you know, there was a, a, a historically bad Florida defense, uh, and there were there were drops that certainly affected his numbers. But from watching him game in and game out, and if you're a GM that's going to take him, you're going to do that. I. Uh, 
he gets lost. I mean, he gets lost in games. And yes, he has moments of brilliance. But I also wonder about his durability. I mean, has he ever been healthy in college? Ever. I mean, he got hurt when he was in the part-time role uh, two years ago where he only started the one game against Georgia, which was blatantly unfair to him, to his credit. The only time I think um, he was healthy was when he played against USF maybe early on that first season. Yeah, and then, and then last year, other than the Utah game, I don't know that he was ever healthy. I, I just, to me, <laughs> how can you possibly take him that high? I mean, and, and have any sense of confidence that this is going to be somebody who's not going to constantly be either on injured reserve or on the injury report. And it's clear that if he's not himself, he's not even close to the same player. Yeah, and, and again, there, the school, there's two school of thoughts. Number one is everything Hayes said. Durability gets lost in some games. Accuracy's off the mark. Um, you know, it doesn't have the knack for the when to run, when not to, blah, blah, blah. The other side of it is he only started a handful of games. He's smart as heck. He's talented as heck. He's big and strong and is going to work his tail off. Maybe he works through all that and develops all that. And that, by the way, is the beautiful intrigue of this guy, is who knows which one's right. That, that, that to me, is the intrigue of it, is who knows which one's right. I was, I'm, I'm going to stay on this because we have a Duval County Scholar athlete coming in. But I want to talk about Kyle Trask. You know what Kyle Trask is? The complete opposite. Complete opposite of Anthony Richards. Think about this for a second. Other than the fact that they're both tall and really nice kids and smart kids, they're completely opposite. One, Kyle, if Kyle Trask ran that 40, he's probably still running. He probably hadn't gotten there yet. He's probably still running the 40, okay? He's not fast. He's probably not going to jump very high. He's probably not going to broad jump very far. He's wearing the sleeves, okay? Kyle, Kyle Trask isn't wearing the, in the sleeveless. He's complete, op, complete opposite. Arm isn't very that's, that's not true. Arm's average strength. A little better than average strength, but doesn't have a rifle arm, right? He doesn't. He isn't very athletic, but he has an incredible knack. We Hayes and I were sitting in Houston, Texas, at BGOs when Felipe Franks got hurt, who didn't have a knack. Yeah, and, Kyle, and the game was lost. And the game was lost. And Kyle Trask ran in there, and Hayes and I did what any good Gator fan would do at that point: started drinking heavily. Mm-hmm. And and it, and at that point, you could tell the minute Trask went in there, he had a knack for how to play. Couldn't you tell? Yes. The minute so. Trask had this great knack, but none of these traits, other than the fact he's tall and he's got an okay arm. And I mean he did go in the second round acting like he's a freaking free agent, but and but the but but but, but so they're the they're the opposite of each other. It'll be very interesting to see in four years. And I'm not I mean, I'm rooting for both of them, so I'm not trying to compare them to each other. But I'm I mean I'm rooting for both guys. But won't it be interesting to see in four years Trask, the guy with very average traits, tall, good arm, not great arm, smart as heck, great knack for it. Not very athletic. Anthony Richardson, who's got all the traits, way stronger arm, way tighter ball, way, way faster, way stronger, but in college didn't show the knack, right? And by the way, for the record, Dan Mullen didn't want to play either one of them. Have you thought about that? Dan Mullen did. I mean, Dan Mullen wanted to play Felipe Franks and Emory Jones. And he was forced to play Trask because Franks got hurt. And he was forced to play AR because it finally, at the very end, because Emory struggling so much. How crazy is that? It's unreal. I mean, I mean, it really is. So it's a wild. So it'll be fun to watch him. I'm rooting like crazy for the kid. I love all the stories about what a neat kid he is and how hard he worked. And and uh, and I, he's hard, really hard guy not to root for. But 
there are the questions. It didn't answer the questions for those that saw him a whole lot. And so it'll be very interesting to see. And I was amazed that there wasn't more talk about C.J. Stroud. I mean, besides Daniel Jeremiah raving about his performance. There hasn't been the whole time. Right. It's just like if people just like blinked and moved along. And it's like, wait a minute. You have a guy who almost beat Georgia with this phenomenal defense. And yet it's just as if he's just hanging out. I'm telling you, that, that point, Lauren, and I've been saying that for two months now. We talk about quarterbacks. It's Bryce Young's really good but too small. A.R.'s got all these great traits but didn't play well at times. Levis looks like he has the great traits and probably does, but he didn't play well at times. And, oh, yeah, the other guy. Well, the other guy, I'm telling you, I watched that game. I've, I've, I've only called seven trillion games and watched games for professionally for 40 years. And I walked out of Ohio State, Maryland, thinking, that's one of the best quarterbacks I've seen in years. I mean, not, I mean years and years. It was Danny Werfel with a better arm. I walked out of there thinking, I just watched Danny Werfel with a better arm. By the way, for the record, I voted for him to win the Heisman Trophy. I didn't vote. I didn't vote for Caleb Williams. I voted for C.J. Stroud, and I don't think he got a lot of votes, but I voted for him because I just just walked away watching. Wow, and and I mean that's what I thought it was Danny Werfel with a with a rifle arm. How would that be? You know, yeah, I mean that that's what fantastic. I that's what I thought I was watching. And, and, yeah. and that's the thing too. It's and Daniel Jeremiah did a good job breaking this down as Stroud threw it. There's layers to passing. Not everything is a bullet. You know. A lot of things, it is placement. It is throwing a catchable ball. Shane Matthews always has a great line. It's delivering the baby. Uh, it doesn't have to be a rocket every time, and Stroud really does understand that. Now, again, I mean, look, I don't think any of these four are perfect. You know, with Stroud, I worry about he had eight seconds to throw. Every time I watched Ohio State, uh, he's got plenty of time. Um, and crazy good receivers. Obviously, he's got unbelievable yeah. receivers. Not to his credit, a lot of times he's putting the ball right where it needs to be. Um, he's not, you know, that's not like everything is a great receiver bailing him out. Um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought CJ Stroud from a, a, a passing standpoint, which again is the, the key component to all this <laughs> was the, the best of anybody that threw at the combine. Uh, you know, it, it, look, it's, I'm, I'm just glad that the Jaguars don't need a quarterback. Cause I'm not in love with any of the four. If I had to take somebody at one, you know, I would take Young because I do think that he's electric. He's got all the moxie and savvy. And I think the way the rules are now in the NFL, uh, as long as he is 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 wise about the situations he puts himself in, which he plays with that sense, uh, then I don't think he's going to get ragdolled very often. Uh, and you can't body weight him uh, without it being a flag. It's not you could do it, and he could get hurt, uh, but it would be an illegal hit. So, you know, and, and, and again, the, he, he seems like he's got the savvy where even if he's not seeing it, he knows where the ball is supposed to be, where the defense is going to be, what he can get away with. Um, but, I mean, again, he's, he's, a, he's a little guy. So it's a fascinating uh, quartet of, of, of prospects at the quarterback position because I think, you know, I, I do think of the 32 clubs, there's probably – 11 that think Young is the best. There's probably nine that think that Stroud is the best. There's probably seven that think Richardson's the best. And there's probably seven that think Levis is the best. I mean, it's just, it seems like that kind of year. Yeah, no question about it. We'll take a break. When we come back, our Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week is next. Stay with us. And now, this week's Scholar Athlete of the Week. 
Brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists and the Plumbers and Pipefitters Local Union 234 on 1010XL. Caroline Reidemann is our Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. Caroline, thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations. Thank you for having me. How are you? We are great. Thank you. All right, so you are very tall. I figured immediately you play volleyball, but you also play beach volleyball. Tell me all about your volleyball career. I do. So I uh, began playing volleyball in middle school. I tried to play all the sports that I could in middle school. I went to St. Paul's Catholic School Riverside, so a very, very small school. Um, and then going on to high school, I continued playing volleyball, um, which I played in high school as well as uh, in club. And this year, we just started our beach volleyball team, so I got to join that, which was... And that's so cool, yes. because Stanton, <laughs> you practice at the beach, on the ocean. We do. That's very, very nice thing that, that we have, because some schools practice, like, they have their own beach courts, um, but we get to practice on the beach and go swimming afterwards, and <laughs> it's a I love cool it. opportunity. When did you know volleyball would kind of be the thing for you? When, 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 did the, when, you, when you started playing, when did you know, hey, this is pretty good? Um, I think right after I like left middle school, I had to choose between um, either playing basketball, softball, or volleyball, which were the sports that I played in middle school. Right. Um, and I think my sister definitely influenced that, um, as well as my mom. She played volleyball. Um, my sister played volleyball at uh, Stanton as well. Um, so I think that, and then I just really, really liked the sport. I liked, um, how it was formatted and, um, it wasn't a lot of running like (laughs) softball or basketball. So it was definitely, um, my top choice in a sport. Tell us about your favorite game performance, athletic memory. Um, I think most recently, um, we went to regionals for, um, volleyball and, um, we had to take a five hour drive down to I don't even know somewhere in the panhandle um and yeah I think the bus ride there was definitely and back was definitely uh very fun we did end up losing but um that was fine because the the bus ride was very fun we got to hang out with all of our teammates and um eat and stop and yeah it was really fun that's awesome you were telling me that college is undecided but you're thinking about going somewhere outside of the United States yes so um I'm thinking of majoring somewhere in more like international relations or global studies um, in that kind of direction. Um, and I think being in a big city kind of like Madrid or um, Berlin or Amsterdam or something uh, would really help me with that, um, just pursuing that, um, being in such an international environment. So um, I did get into this one university. It's called IE University. It's in Madrid. Um, and I'm really, really, I really want to go there. <laughs> but we'll see. That is real. I want you to tell me more about that because we've done this for a lot of years, and I don't think we've had anybody talk about going to undergrad uh, abroad. I think that is the coolest thing ever. Where did that come from? What what made you start thinking about that? Um, well, definitely about my uh, experience already in Europe. My mom's from Germany, and yeah. we've uh, been traveling over there twice a year, every year basically since I was like three months old. Okay. Um, and I love Europe and yeah. <laughs> like everything, all the countries and. Um, just traveling, I love it as well. So, and I think being in Europe, uh, you really get the opportunity to travel mm-hmm. and um, be around people with complex backgrounds and different cultures and different languages. Always, everywhere you go, you drive an hour and it's completely different already. Um, so, I really, really like the atmosphere over there. And um, again, being in an international setting is definitely something that would be uh, beneficial to my major. That's awesome. When do you think you'll decide? I don't know. It has to <laughs> be decided in the next couple months. Um, I'm also uh, 
deciding on if I want to go to FSU. I got into the honors program over there. So um, that is also an option um, if I end up not deciding to go uh, international. And if you go to FSU, you could always study abroad, which is how most people do it. But that's usually just, what, a year? Yeah, it would definitely be uh, a semester or a year, um, probably my sophomore or junior year. Tell me about stuff at the community. Tell me about Best Buddies and, and community service. Uh, yeah, so la- I've been a part of Best Buddies my uh, entire four years um, at Stanton. Um, and then junior year, um, I became president, and I'm president as well this year. Um, and I've been involved with that along with um, a couple honor societies, I think four or five. Um, and that's just really got getting, gotten me involved more at Stanton. Um, Best Buddies um, we're a promoter chapter at Stanton, so it's not very much at Stanton. It's more we partner with um, Capernaum. It's uh, at the North Florida School of Special Education. Um, so I've been able to get involved with them as well as more involvement in my um, Stanton community. Um, but outside of Stanton, I uh, volunteer at uh, the Museum of Contemporary Art downtown um, where I do um, art lessons with uh, children with IDD um, as well as I've um, done Camp I'm Special. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's um, also an um, organization uh, which uh, develops friendships between uh, children with and without IDD. Carolyn, my, uh, my daughter's 30 now, but when she was in high school, uh, working Camp I Am Special probably changed her life as much as anything. Yeah. It, it had a major effect on her, which yes. I'm sure it has you as well. Yes, it's definitely um, affected me a lot, especially being involved in Best Buddies Camp I Am Special as well as um, the – uh, opportunity at MOCA. Um, I love being around that as- atmosphere and uh, spreading the inclusion and awareness about the IDD community. Caroline Reinemann from Stan- Stanton uh, Prep, a volleyball player. You're very impressive. Congratulations. Thanks for stopping <laughs> by. You're a Duval County Scholar Athlete. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. All right. It's great having Caroline in here. And uh, what a cool what a cool plan, the, the opportunity to maybe uh, do undergrad work uh, uh, abroad in, in Europe, which is really, really a neat thing. So kind of, well, what a great story. She speaks fluent German already. And so uh, if she goes to another country, she'll learn those languages as well. And so, yeah, I think that's awesome. When she, we were talking during the break about she could go to Florida State or she could travel abroad. No offense to Florida State. I just said, you know, I studied in Florida. It was just, you know, kind of a normal education. I think it's way cooler to go to Germany or Spain or the Netherlands. Yeah, it's a, what, a, what a cool what a cool thing. So, all right, I want to talk more about quarterbacks. I want, cause, cause, uh, just as we talk about AR, the whole Trask thing has me interested. Cause we were talk- I did a podcast. Denny Thompson, by the way, on his way to uh, yeah. scream yeah. at all of us. Yeah, he's going to punch us right in the face. Yeah. yeah, you know what? And let me tell you what, let me defend Denny a little we're bit. We're just giving our that, opinion. That's his guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Denny, we love we're him. just giving we, our Denny, opinion. Denny, we love you and we love him, man. And we're, we're rooting hard for, for Anthony Richardson. And I, w- I want to be wrong on that one. I, I say wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know what I think. I just want to be. Well, it depends I'm, on where I'm, he goes. Yeah. If he's a Colt, then right. yeah, yeah, right. I would rather it not be right. Be great, We'd rather be but, right. Yeah, I yeah. You. But I mean, um, if he's in, uh, if he's a Carolina Panther, yeah. I hope he's outstanding. But it really does underscore the difference. In the, this whole traits versus no traits thing. Brock Purdy, who's another of Denny's guys, has no traits. By all accounts, I say that. I I assume there's no traits. He was the last pick in the draft. He doesn't look very fast to me. I don't. He doesn't look like a guy that jumps high and runs fast. He doesn't. I, I don't know if he's got a great arm, but if he had a good arm, I don't think he goes last pick in the draft. You assume, so traits versus no traits. You know, I mean, it's and in, in back to the whole trashing. I did a podcast in Gainesville today, and was asked about AR, and and then it got to Trask. I still find myself wondering how there's been no conversation about Kyle Trask. Now, look, he got the ultimate either good break or bad break in that he went to 
he landed at a place that went and got Tom Brady. That's a good break. It's a good break because you can learn under Tom Brady, yeah. right? But people, but then you're you're invisible for a couple of years, and I just and I just you know my, I mean, I I say this again, we all watched how good Rex Grossman was, and raved about it. He went in the first round and played in the Super Bowl. We all watched how good Tim Tebow was. He won a Heisman Trophy and two titles. We all watched how good Danny Werfel was. He won a Heisman Trophy and a, and a title. We saw some great quarterbacks. Chris Leak was a really good player at Florida and won a national title. One of the leading passers in school history, if not still the leading passer. Kyle Trask was right there with those guys that year. He really was. Now, they weren't good enough to topple Alabama. It was a pandemic year. It was a weird year. And so the numbers weren't going to be the same, and they just weren't quite good enough to beat a generationally good Alabama team who they lost, who they, they hung 46 points and lost by six. And there just doesn't seem to be any buzz about Kyle Trask. And it just amazes me. And, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm linking this to the, to the Combine guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did he go to the Combine? I guess he oh, did. Oh, Trask did, yeah. Did, did he do well? Did he not no, do well? I don't think. I mean, he did well enough to get taken in second late round. second. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so it wasn't obviously see, I mean, a debacle. So this traits versus no traits thing is very interesting to me. I guess that's the point. Yeah, I think so. And, and again, with Trask, it's, you know, now it's no news is good news. He's the only quarterback they have under contract. Uh, Tampa Bay is in, a, in an area that's going to be difficult for them to address an, an immediate, in, you know, replacement in the, in the, in the draft for Brady. We've seen Derek Carr sign with the Saints today, so he's out. Tampa's not going to be in it on Aaron Rodgers, even if Aaron Rodgers, if that does become a sweepstakes. So what's left? I, I don't know that they're going to sign Jameis Winston, who's going to be cut by New Orleans. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, will have better opportunities to win somewhere else, whether that's Las Vegas or the Jets. So Tampa Bay may be in the area that, you know, we were talking about a few weeks ago of why not play Trask if he's terrible, you might end up with Caleb Williams. If he's great, you've solved your quarterback problem. Yeah. Well, and and winding up with Caleb Williams is going to be hard because you have you're in a you had a one in thirty two chance to do that. One in thirty two of anything is going to be hard. It's better than that. Yeah. yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, right. There's some teams that just simply right. are not going to be worse right. than Tampa Bay. Right. But it, right. But it's going to be hard. You're right. But it's going to be hard to 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 land the first guy. Houston was convinced they were landing the first guy until they lo and behold went for two and won a game at the end. So it's hard to it's hard to know you're going to land the best guy. But to the other point about playing Trask, you got to find out. There's nobody else out there. Yeah. I mean, so so what? You 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 bring back Jameis? You're not growing. You, you might find out that a guy's really good, like the 49ers did with Brock Purdy. Or you might find out that he's not, and then you draft pretty high, and, and, that, and you certainly get good equity. So I, I, I think anybody trying to tank for Kalen Williams is going to be hard. I think it's just hard because there's only one of them, only one, only one team's going to get that guy. But I do think that, that playing Trask, you drafted him in the second round. For some reason, you drafted him in the second round. How do you not play him? if you drafted him in the second round. Right, and like we talked about, they can't afford to go after any of those free agents. They they don't have the cap space. Frank, when it comes to, to traits versus non-traits, when I think about it, I think, okay, who's the best quarterback in the game right now? Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. We think of him as being a very athletic quarterback. But if you take his combine numbers, yeah. he ran like a 4-8-40. His broad jump was nowhere near yeah. ARs, and neither was his uh, vertical leap. But yet he's a very athletic yeah. quarterback. Yeah, so got, to me, I still lend to go after traits versus, or sorry, after the knack versus the traits. Yeah, well, he has and he both. Had both. He right. had both. He had both. He had both. But I'd still take yeah. him even a little yeah. slower. Well, the, the best comparison is the two best quarterbacks of the last 10 years have been Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. 
you can say Aaron Rodgers is right in there and some other guys, but but the two best quarterbacks in the last 10 years have been Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. They have been. They, they've, they've got a bunch of titles between them and, a, and some near misses between them, okay? Well, the truth is they could be more opposite in the traits thing. Tom Brady, good arm, but Tom Brady's not strong or fast or jump high, and Patrick Mahomes has got all the traits. So that that's that perfect example of how how both can work for you. The the bottom line with Anthony Richardson is is if we're being very realistic, if we, if we deny how unbelievable those traits are, well then we're being disingenuous. They're traits like we've never seen before, and the software is there too. The work ethic, the good teammate, that's all there. At the same time, if we ignore the fact that at times he looked like he didn't have a great knack for the position, well, then we're being disingenuous. Those things are all very real. The, the, but, but the traits are real. Uh, and, by the way, he also had some really good games. He also, I mean, he single-handedly beat Utah. He had some. He kept him in the game against Tennessee where they couldn't stop anybody and still almost won the game. He kept him in the game against FSU and they couldn't stop anybody and still almost won the game. He had some magnificent play. It's not like he's got these great traits and was an awful player. He wasn't. He was a an erratic player and an inconsistent player. One side says that's because he just does, isn't going to have the knack for it. The other side says he's young and developing, and one day we'll get that knack. That's the beauty and the intrigue of all of this. Regardless of what side of the fence you land on, that's the beauty and the intrigue. And, and I'm telling you, it is amazingly intriguing to me. It really is. I'll take a break. When we come back, I want to get to some other stars. I want to get this whole Travis Kelsey thing. i got a thought or two about that. Stay with us on 1010XL at 92.5 FM. Hey, we're glad you're with us. Do want to thank our friends for the best bet. The Run Good Poker Series is making a stop at Best Bet Jacksonville. That's March 23rd to April 2nd. Mm, mm, mm. That's going to be a lot of fun. And $80 No Limit Hold'em satellites are this week at Best Bet Jacksonville uh, into the March 11th Run Good Mega Satellite. You want fun times playing poker and all kind of cool games? Well, then you want the Best Bet. Best Bet St. Augustine, Best Bet Orange Park, and, of course, Best Bet Jacksonville. All right. Here's my question. We watched Kelsey the other night, right? It's fantastic. Kittle, we've seen his personality. Okay. Um, we saw the we've spent the whole, I say the whole offseason, last month, around here talking about what's gonna happen with Evan Ingram. Tony Gonzalez has been is a really good color commentator. Uh he's a studio guy. Tight ends are becoming all the rage in so many ways. We just had a tight end host Saturday Night Live. I, I think it, I think that's really cool. I mean, I think other than quarterbacks, and quarterbacks are still quarterbacks. Most Saturday Night Live hosts will be that have come from football will be quarterbacks. I get that. But if they're not, do tight ends trump everything? Pitchers, catchers, goalies, point guards, centers? Tight ends are all there. I, I thought that was – I went back and watched that, that monologue three times. I thought it was fantastic. And, I, and all I remember, all I knew about Kelsey, other than what a great player he was before all this, was when he got thrown out of the game. Remember when, when Jags went up there, whatever year it was? Remember mm-hmm. that? A couple years ago? So, I think it was cool. Yeah, he did a great job. I, I think it's coincidence more than anything else. I mean, but I think it kind of started with Gronk. Yeah, well, and I, and I meant to mention Gronk yeah. and all that. Gronk and all the commercials. I, I totally forgot that when I was mentioning that. And and so, I think, you know, the, the tight ends that came after Gronkowski, I think of – you know, try to emulate that in their own style as, as best they can. And uh, and so, yeah, I think it's it's led to it. And um, I agree. I think, you know, George Kittle would be fun to see 
in that environment. And when he wins a Super Bowl with Tom Brady this season, then maybe he'll get to host Saturday Night Live. But um, we're getting close to that date. We are. We're well, getting close. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, again, I'll give you credit. You have no choice now except yeah. to be locked in. Yeah. So there's right. nothing real. You have no yeah. play left. So go yeah. go hard. Wednesday, yeah. go right? Hard. Uh, what's what's today? Wednesday the eighth. Well, it's Players Week. <laughs> so he might need he may need another week, but yeah. it's, okay. yeah, it's going to happen. I know he's thinking all about the yeah. players. There's he no is. question. He's this a sportsman. <laughs> he's a great sportsman. He was at a fight the other yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, was but, he at the UFC fight? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. So, uh, um, I even forgot what we were talking about. But yeah, I, I think uh, I think the tight ends are George Kittle. Uh, yeah, have have certainly have certainly taken the the torch from Gronk. And realized, and look, you can make a lot of money off mm-hmm. the field by showing your personality, and yeah, and I, you know, and I, I think that I think it's great for their creativity, but I also think it's great for financially for them as well. Yeah, if you if most recognizable players around right now that don't have their helmet on, you recognize them if you just see them in a suit, or ex or ex players. Peyton one, probably Peyton one, Brady two. Or vice Brady's a better player, but depends rec- on what year Brady you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, like, but which- I think Peyton's the most recognizable for for me. But whether it's Peyton one, Brady two, or Brady one, Peyton two, right? So after that, Gronk, I mean, just recognizable. You see him on TV, see him in a commercial, you know him immediately. Who's who? who you're talking I'd about for like the casual? Yeah, recognizable. I'd say Mahomes yeah. and Rogers. Mahomes without Mahomes without a helmet. Yes, because of all the commercials. Okay, the you're commercials right. are what pull the casual fans. Well, yeah, that's in. right. That's, who yeah. else did you say? Rodgers. I think there's a ton of quarterbacks that yeah. would be ahead of tight ends. I think Breeze. No, would no, still ahead, be. ahead of Gronk. Yeah, I think so. I don't. Boy, I I think if you put, uh, I think my wife knows who Gronk is. I think if you put uh, did a commercial with Drew Brees, my wife would not know who that was. So I, I mean, I'm not talking about a good player. Right. No, like, I get yeah, it. I'm talking about just just somebody that's not into the game recognize now. To your point, it's because of the commercials. Correct. You're right. So I mean, but I just those State Farm. People have a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but I mean, Gronk's so recognizable. Kelsey just did this monologue thing. Which, by the way, I had forgotten that he had the reality TV show catching up. That with was Kelsey so. So had the rest of the planet. Yeah, yeah right. So yeah, I either I don't know if I'd forgotten or never knew. Okay, but uh, I rem- vaguely remembered but, it. But it was just. It was, but it was so. so funny. I mean, that was his best joke of the night. It really it was. was. Yeah. The, the, and you could tell he hadn't run it by his brother yeah. yet. But, but but I thought all of it was. I thought it was all. I thought everything he did was funny. No, I did. I only watched the monologue. I didn't go back and watch the skits. Did you see the skits I too? Did okay. I didn't. I did. I, and I didn't. I wasn't watching Saturday Night Live. I just saw it on. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was fantastic. It just goes, it just shows you you can be bad at school and smoke weed and still win two Super Bowls. That was really funny. <laughs> I thought it, so so I've been I just think about this. The uniqueness of the position in that is we saw that with Gates and Tony Gonzalez. It wasn't about popular pop culture. It was just about there's a uniqueness to tight end in football that there's that nothing else has. There's no number one, it's an offensive position, so you got the ball. People are always going to pay more attention. Sorry, defensive guys, but people always pay more attention to people that have the ball. That's just the way. It's just the way it is. Maybe if you're Dion, it's a little bit different because he has the ball some on returns and whatnot. But for the most part, um, and I just and it's the one position people still haven't figured out how to defend, which is why those really good play callers like Doug Peterson and Andy Reid are going to always have really good tight ends because it's the one thing that people still haven't quite figured out what to do with it. Right? They still don't know. Do you who who covers them? Does the tight does the linebacker cover him who's not fast enough? Does the safety who's not they still is it a zone thing? But but it's hard to it's hard to zone a guy who plays in the middle of the field the whole time, right? 
So it's just I, I just I'm just fascinated. I was fascinated watching a tight end host Saturday Night Live and be phenomenal at it. I don't know that Dalton Schultz, if the Cowboys had yeah, had made it right. to the of Super course. Bowl, would be somebody that could host it. I, I think Kelsey has created it. Obviously, the brothers have the podcast, and he has created his own brand. But I do think the position overall, tight end, is a position yeah. that more and more teams, you know, there's a ton of talk about Michael Mayer from Notre yeah. Dame. They're trying to find that hybrid player that can both block and receive as well as, block like a lineman and receive as well as the wideouts. And that person or that player yeah. is, is so difficult to find. And, and Hayes, your point's a good one. It might just be that Gronk and Kelsey came along and happened to play the same position on good teams, and they just have those fun, goofy personalities at the same time. It may, I, I hear you. It might, not be, it might not be because they were tight ends. One of them could have been a running back if he was built different and still had the same personality. I, I'm with you. So may, maybe the more I think about it, maybe it is because those guys are so unique. To, but it just seems to me – that uh, I don't know, it was just interesting. I, I thought I thought the monologue was fantastic. I thought, and I, I love stuff like that. It was the perfect. Don't take myself too seriously. Um, you know, he rehearsed it a thousand times. His delivery was fantastic. I mean, I thought it, I thought every joke was funny. I thought after the game, uh, Jason, we went home with our mom in a minivan. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. His Mahomes was good. Yeah, yeah, it, it was really good. It was it was really good. I thought the uh, it was really well written. And the more, 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 more was hilarious. That was really funny. Yeah, I'm a very and he even got emotional, which was, to me, a little unexpected. Yeah, he, but he said, I'm a very eloquent speaker. I'm a wordsmith. As you can see right here, more, more, more. I thought, I, I thought it was fantastic. So, I, I, so where will he – so, Gronk – is Gronk the best tight end ever? Uh, I, it's hard because the I, game has changed. I, I think I would give it to Gonzalez, but Gronk would have a case. Well, I mean, if it was just if it, I guess Gronk num- has the benefit of winning on the Super Bowls too. And the numbers are always better for today's guys than even ten years ago's guys. I mean, which is what strengthens Gonzalez's case. Correct. Um, Kellen Senior was one of the best tight ends mm-hmm. of all time, but the numbers were so different when back. But Kelsey back. will go down as one of them. Yeah, I mean, Ozzie Newsome. Ozzie Newsome, right? The game. Well, that's right. John Mackey. The yeah. award's named after him. Okay, so he was the first one that that ran that ran like that. So anyway, interesting stuff. Take a break we got more to do. Let's get back to the whole Calvin Ridley thing. Now that he's a Jaguar, what will that mean? We'll talk about that. We're going to get to some golf a little bit later on and a whole lot more. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Ryan, some pressure. Steps away, throwing end zone, and it's caught! Hitting the pylon, and he's in for the touchdown! Calvin Ridley! Another fake. It's Ryan. Has time going to the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown! his ninth of the year it's a best bet monday on the frangie show with fantastic locations in jacksonville orange park and now in st augustine it's best bet lauren you had a uh, stat or something pete prisco just tweeted out about calvin ridley who's who's working out by the way down there with pete in south florida these days Oh, very nice. Yes, Pete just tweeted out, with Ridley now in the fold, I heard he was timed at 22.5 miles per hour recently in a workout. The Jaguars now have a speed threat to help open up the other receivers even more. Jacksonville should make sure to keep Taylor, as in Juwan Taylor, and try and outscore teams. The defense is still a work in progress. But as far as Ridley specifically, 22.5 miles per hour in workouts, you know that he's been working hard because we've seen those videos. Uh, Hearing that speed, that is very exciting. In 2020... He started 15 games, 90 catches, 1,374 yards in 15 games, almost 1,400 yards, 
uh, averaged 15-3 a catch, nine touchdowns. Um, that is an enormous season. It's an, that was his age 26 year. I mean, that's an enormous season. He had to sit out his age 28 year. So you know he's chomping at the bit. I, I, I'm telling you, this this is a what what they still don't have as good as they were this year. They were good this year because of a great play caller and and an, and an emerging quarterback who is among the best young quarterbacks in the sport and might be one of the best quarterbacks in the sport in time. And that's why and that and that is why specifically why they wound up being as good as they were on offense on offense. They had some very good receivers that in terms of route running, in terms of connection with their quarterback, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram were are all very good. Very good players. But none of them landed in the Pro Bowl. Okay. So so the reality is that potential star that take the top off the defense guy was not here. And again, I love all three of those guys. And Marvin Jones played well. I mean, I love all those guys. But that take the top off, change the game, change the way you have to play defense because of what he can do if you don't. That double move guy, Greg Cosell was so good in Indianapolis talking about that guy. That guy hasn't been here. And that haze is the big thing is, is if you're a baseball team, if you're a baseball team and you, and you, you all of a sudden you come out of nowhere and you're, 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 you've been bad, but now all of a sudden you're good and you go up and down your lineup and, and you're good because, well, now you got a guy who hit 22 home runs and you got another guy who hit, who hit 310 and you got another guy who knocked in 84 runs and, and you get you bunch of, you bunch a bunch of those 22 home run, 280, knocked in 85 run guys together, you can become pretty good. But you still didn't have the guy that hit 38 and knocked in a buck 30, okay? You still didn't have you still didn't have the guy to hit 30 home, 38 home runs. That doesn't mean you can't be without be good without that guy. Well, this might be the guy that hits 38 home runs. That that that's the difference in what Calvin Ridley could be as opposed to what they have here now. I think that's a fantastic analogy for it because with Trevor you sort of have your your three-hole hitter and with ETN you have your leadoff guy and you know Christian was probably your your second now maybe he's batting fourth cuz Ridley's now batting second. Right. Christian's batting fourth, Evans batting fifth and now Zay Jones is batting sixth. Right. 1 through 6 you're pretty outstanding when it comes to skill guys, and uh, and so I no I I think it it makes all the sense in the world because Calvin Ridley and forgive my you know this is how I would manage a baseball team right, now right. you you might put Trevor leading yeah, off right. when and how they do it today but um it's the home run hitter but it's the home run hitter it's the guy that uh, again this is a team that is already returning twenty seven hundred yards. Uh, receiving just from Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram. Kirk had 1108, Zay had 823, Ingram had 766. Uh, so that that doesn't even count, you know, what ETN uh, gave you. But uh, but in in just those three players, you're bringing back over 2,700 receiving yards. Now you're adding a player that you know certainly I think could give you 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns in year one, uh, and nobody around the the country would be surprised by that it's uh it was a it's it's by far the best move they've made it it may be one of the savviest trades they've ever made in franchise history i uh, i mean this doesn't this doesn't happen very often to get a player like calvin ridley uh who's fully reinstated he's going to be available for everything uh so he should be ready week one and only have to give up a fifth round pick and then a second if he resigns with you 
uh, a third if he doesn't. I mean, that second-round pick, I mean, look, I don't think any of us expect that's going to be a top-50 pick. I mean, if this team wins the division again, you're talking about a pick that's you know going to be in the late 50s, maybe in the 60s. Uh, and uh, and to and to give that up for a player that that could have the impact Calvin Ridley has still in the prime of his career, uh, it, it's incredibly exciting. The Jaguars have only had two receivers in the history of the team have more yards than what Calvin Ridley did that one season in 2020. Oh, yeah, puts it in perspective. Twice, twice. yeah, Jimmy Smith and A. Rob. Twice, twice in uh, in in 28 years. Right. I would expect, by the way. For us, if it's not already out there, to start seeing videos of Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley together. I'd like to see it, and the rest of them too. Um, so we'll see. Speaking of A-Rob, does anyone want A-Rob? It's going to be tough because he's a slow player. Yeah. And he was always kind of slow, but now you're talking about somebody that's getting close to, to 30. I don't think he's there yet, but um, but certainly getting close if he's not already there. And when you are a catch radius player, when you entered the NFL, once you get to 30 and you start losing even a micro step, it, it really limits your effectiveness. I, I don't think he's going to have a, a tremendous market. There's obviously, he's not, and I say obviously he's not going to be here. It's not because he's a bad person or anything, or there, there's a bridge burned. He's just not, he wouldn't help the Jaguars. Uh, I, I think they've, to me, I'd rather have Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, and Zay Jones over Allen Robinson, uh, so he'll he'll sign somewhere. Um, but I think his days of a thousand yards and you know eight touchdowns in a year, I think that's over. Yeah, he's twenty nine. I'm assuming yes, he'll play for sure this year. He might have to sign on a one year deal somewhere and and kind of approve it deal like Ingram had to do here. That was interesting. The whole. A. Rob Allen Hearns, the ultimate overachiever. Marquise Lee drafted very high. Blake Young and, and looking like he might develop third overall pick. I thought that group might be pretty good. You know, at one point I really did. I wrote a story for the Times Union going into the season after Blake had set the franchise record for passing touchdowns, right. and uh, Allen Robinson had fourteen of those, which I think was a franchise record, and Hearns had ten. Uh, and did a story on could this be the, the next version of, like, Stallworth and uh, Swan right, for right, the Steelers. Right. And, of course, it didn't come close I, to that. I thought it too, though. But it, it really did look like maybe this – it was more the two of them than yeah. – Blake you kind of always knew was going to be somewhat of can he get there. Yeah. But with A-Rob and Hearns, I thought, you know, these these guys might be – 10-year players together right, here right. in Jacksonville and just never materialized. Yeah, you, you compared them to Stallworth and Swan, two Hall of Famers. I think I was Marvin Harrison, Wayne, <laughs> Dallas Clark. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding I because I, they all came in together. Yeah. So I might have been right with you. Okay, so between Hayes and I, we had Hearns and Robinson as Stallworth, Swan, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. I think that that's kind of our comparison. Who would you compare yeah. them to? Anybody like that? Because I think we pretty much we pretty much won. We pretty much won the contest yeah. of maybe the worst comparison of all time. Right. But I but I thought they were – I did. And Marquise Lee in there. I, I mean, I thought they were going to be – I thought it was going to be a really good group. I, I, I felt myself thinking and, – and, and again, I, I – yeah, yeah. What happens with Marvin Jones Jr.? Is he going to be released? He'll be released – well, I don't – I think he's a free agent. So, I, I don't think they have to release Marvin okay. Jones. I think his contract's just up. 
And uh, I would anticipate he'll sign out west. He's got family out there. That's sort of his biggest priority. Um, and so I would imagine, you know, Chargers, Rams, you know, yeah, something he, like that. Yeah, it, it, assuming Ridley is healthy and good to go, you wouldn't think Marvin Jones would automatically want to come back here knowing he's now the fourth guy, you know, and fifth if you count Ingram. You know, you wouldn't want to be the, the, the fourth receiver and fifth option. I don't think he, I think he kind of knew that when this season ended, he was going to be done in Jacksonville. And, uh, and and it's, you know, it's, I think it's, it's mutual. It's not that he didn't like it, but I think he, I think he's looking forward to playing closer uh, to home. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. And I, and I, and I think, look, this is a, um, Albert, Albert Breer, I think tweeted it today that, that Ridley, Ridley is available now and, and Ingram in, in what, what this team is about to become offensively. But who knows what they're going? What they might? Where they finish ranked on off total offense? I'd have to top check. Top ten, I, right? Top I, ten. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Top, top ten, I, I think. Want to say offense. sixth, maybe? Yeah, top, I want to say top ten, somewhere thereabouts. Depending on the category. Yeah, just just total offense. I mean, not not. To, where you got him, Lauren? Lauren's looking at it right now. I have him tenth. All right, so tell, yards so, per game. Yards. That's what I'm. Yards per game. So yeah. so so tenth. Okay, tenth with first year in the system, second year quarterback. Rookie running back, really. I mean, that's what Travis Etienne was. Um, not really a take-the-top-off-the-defense guy. Now, you know you're bringing back your tight end. Everybody else is under contract. You've got Ridley coming in. It's going to be a second year for, for, for Travis Etienne. It's going to be a third year for Trevor, but a second under Doug. It's Doug knowing his team. They're probably adding to the offensive front somewhere along the line. When you think at some point, whether it's depth, the left guard, whatever, um, if they re-sign Juwan Taylor, and I can tell you they're really trying to, where in the world is this offense headed? I mean, that's the question. Where is this? Where in the world is this son of a gun headed? If they stay healthy, it's sky high. Sky high. Because the other thing is the balance. They were uh, 14th in rushing and 13th in passing. So they yeah. did everything above average. Yeah. Uh, and they were ninth and third down. So uh, that's the that's the stat where they might really take a jump because. How do you? How are you good on third down? You're good because your quarterback and your head coach are on the same page. These guys are going to take a massive step forward when it comes to that with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence being in year two. Third down conversions are about separation, which Calvin Ridley gives you. Third down conversions are about having multiple options that the quarterback is comfortable with. They're going to have that. They're, he's going to be comfortable throwing. We know he's comfortable throwing to Kirk and Zay and Evan. And you have to imagine he's going to be very comfortable throwing to Calvin Ridley sooner rather than later. And the other thing that helps in third down is you have a player like ETN. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I don't think it's out of the realm to think if they were ninth and third down conversions this year, with all of that coming back, if they're healthy, they should be top five. And if they're top five in third down conversions, they're going to be a top five offense. And we talked about a little training camp, and it plagued the Jaguars for certainly the first half of the season. Trevor Lawrence and the red zone interceptions. and Or even if he Good didn't point. throw the interception, they weren't able to convert it to a touchdown, and so they'd just have to kick the field goal. That's a really good point. We're also not going to see first half Trevor again. First, first five, six game Trevor again. He may not be great. He may have a lull, but he's not gonna, it's not going to be like that. It's not going to be like there's three or four games, London included, where he would tell you that he was in a funk. That, that, that's probably not happening again. You know, once the quarterbacks – there's times Josh Allen or Joe Burrow might have a bad game, Mahomes, whoever. Justin Herbert might have a bad game. But they don't get into the young guy funk much anymore. 
They 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 snap out of it in a, in a game in a time in the in a in a time in this era or in an era in the game I should say where everything is so pointed toward offense. Once a quarterback finds himself, you don't see him get into those bad funks anymore. No. How much more do you think we'll see Trevor's mobility improve? Like as far as him taking off. Oh, I think you mean improve. You mean like will he him run more? Him actually running, yeah. Oh, I think they found something with that. I think I think you look at every big win down the stretch. There was a Trevor Lawrence converted with his feet play. I, I think he's never going to be a running quarterback. You don't want him to be. But I think the things you see Mahomes do, the things you see Burrow do, not Josh Allen as much. He kind of is a running quarterback. I don't think you'll see that. I don't think you'll see him run like Josh Allen or certainly like Lamar. But will he will he make plays as a or like Daniel Jones who's a runner? But will he make plays running? I see more Mahomes Burrow runs than I do Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, Lamar runs. I would agree. I, I think his recognition is going to get quicker, and then when that happens, it's going to be quicker to say, "Okay, it's not there. I need to run." Yeah. And when he runs, he's going to get his eight to fourteen yards, and he's going to do it avoiding contact, and he's going to move the chains. And so, yeah, I, I would agree. I, I don't think it's going to drastically jump, but if I had to go over under what his rushing totals were this year, I'd say he's going to go over. All right, we got more to talk. We'll talk about golf. We got some pairings and. Uh, uh, I want to talk about college baseball and where that game's kind of gone after seeing this gorgeous ballpark yesterday. That's next day with us. And this ball is smoked straight away center field. Villegas going back to the track, to the wall. Bye-bye baseball. Double digits. Another jack for Jack. He's got his second of the game, and the Gators now lead it 6-1. to one. Jeff Cardozo on the call. Florida defeated Miami two out of three in the series this past weekend. Certainly all the talk, Frank, has been about Jack Haglione, Jack Tani. But BT Rypel is the one that had the grand slam yesterday, and I think he has a fascinating story when it comes to baseball in general, but certainly a, a ton of home runs are being hit. Yeah, and Wyatt Langford's their best player. Wyatt Langford's the best player. How about this? Think about this for a second. You realize they could have 1-1 one, one, two years in a row? They absolutely could. They could have 1-1 one, one, two years in a row. First, the first overall pick two years in a row. Think about that. Does anyone do that even in football? With Murray, Georgia hasn't then, or Alabama hasn't then, nobody has. Yeah. Anyone have, I mean, in football, has anyone had? Oklahoma, maybe? Was Mayfield and Murray back-to-back? I think they might have been. They yeah. might have been back-to-back. And I hate to I'd say have it, to check In that, theory, but. Jalen Carter could have gone number one overall yeah. if no one was trading That's right. for the bear with the Bears to get out of that That's true. position. And had, so it could have gone Georgia-Georgia. Well that, well, that tells you then, doesn't it? Yeah. It, that, if it's, that if Georgia could do it. I mean, think about that for a second. That that, that tells you. But the, um, the So so my question – so, again, the, the, I went for people that didn't hear the top of the program or aren't on Twitter. I saw the Condren Ballpark yesterday, Florida's relatively new ballpark, which is magnificent, one of the best I've ever seen. The, uh, I mean, it's truly incredible. And I'm, wa- and I'm watching the balls fly out of there. And then in Gibby, uh, his, his call to a bunch of JU games, Gibby, you're watching balls fly out of ball. Oh, yeah. Left and right. Gibby made a point. JU's got a freshman who hit a ball, a left-hander who hit a ball over that scoreboard. It's a it's a big park anyway, Gibby. It's a John Sessions is a huge park. And he hit ball over the scoreboard, which is high above right center field. I had uh, Chandler on the show yesterday, River City Hardball, and, and I asked him, did you get a, a number on how far that ball went? And he said, no. But 108 off the bat. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so, and UNF's hitting a bunch of home runs. By the way, UNF and JU are both 8 and 5, so they're off yep. to a great start. Florida is 10 and 3. They're off to a great start. FSU, 10 and 3. They're six, 8 and 3. 8 and 3. Eight and three. FSU's 8 and 3. That's right. So they're off to a very good start. 
FSU lost two out of three to Florida Gulf Coast. Right, and, and that's the first time they 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 went to TCU, who was ranked eighth, and won two out of three, and mm-hmm. then they lost two out of three. So they they're, they're playing really well. So do you, and I and I and I'm bringing up a topic that I'm probably the only one that cares about. Gibby and I, as far as college baseball, people don't love college baseball, but I do. Do more people watch if there's a bunch of home runs? Because it's clear now something has changed. I, whether anybody owns up to it or not, something's juiced. Players, bats, balls, something. I mean, Gibby, you've watched enough college baseball. Gibby, you've been doing college baseball games over there for 10 years, haven't you? Yes, I have. So you, you, it's clear to you, isn't it, that something's different? It, it is. The ball is just jumping off the bats like I've never seen in the 10 years I've done it. UNF, I, I said this earlier, but – I told you guys at the end of the Friday show that UNF had more home runs than Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama. That night, they hit five more. So UNF, right now, they update college baseball stats every Monday. UNF is 13th in the country in home runs. How many many they got? They've hit 25. I want to say JU hit 38 last year for the year. For the year. And they have like 20 now. Florida, you might imagine with Jack Tonnage, Florida has the most home runs in college baseball. They've hit 35 in 13 games. 35 home runs. Three more than South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina's next. How about that? Who Wake else, who, Forest how is many? Wake Forest has hit 31 this year. How about that? They're third. That? Wake is like also 10-0 and 0 last time I checked. South Carolina good again like they always are? I would imagine. They're really, yeah, they're really good. They've done it in one fewer game. So. Yeah. They were undefeated. They started out, I think, 8-0 yeah, okay. South so Carolina. He's got a good program. So they're, but, but I just – so do people – I mean, do you care? Do I care if the ball is juiced? Will you no. watch? Will you watch more? If I have already probably watched more college baseball to this point in the season this year than I did last year. Why is that? I think because Florida's better. Because they're good. Florida, yeah. So I don't know that it's because there's more offense. I think it's just because I know this yeah. team is loaded. They have a really good team, and therefore I'm going to watch more. Okay. Give me, give you, give you. You're not. You're a non-starter because you'd watch it either way. I'm probably the same way. Will you watch more if, it's, if there's home runs? You still won't care until Omaha. And that's fair if that's the answer, but I mean, I'm just wondering if people in general would watch more if these home runs are a thing. Does it have to be the opening game of Omaha, or like <laughs> when they get to the best of three? Um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's it's yeah, I wish them well, but I'm not going to watch college baseball if even if Florida is the you know, I mean, the the second coming of yeah. the you know yeah. what 27 yeah. Yankees. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I'm just saying. not going to. I wonder if people that are on the fence. You're not ever on the fence guy, would because. In 1998, I want to say it was 98, Florida had this incredible offensive team. I mean, they were incredible offensively. Number one seed in the tournament in the, in the, in the, in the College World Series. All they did is hit home runs. That was Brad Wilkerson's junior year. They had Casey Smith, Chuck Hazard. I'm trying to remember some of the guys' names. I don't remember all of them. But all they did is hit home runs. But the, everything was juiced in. The metal bats were like, they were like ping pong. I mean, and so if I remember right, they played number one seed in Omaha. They were two in barbecue. They played Mississippi State and USC. And I want to say they lost like 14-13 and 16-10, to which means they would have scored 23 runs, 23 runs in two games and went home. And – and yeah, I got 14, 13, and 12 to 10. 12, I said 16, 10, so it was 12, 10. So 13, 14, okay. And so 14, 13, and 12, 10. So they scored 23 runs and went home. But I thought it was a great era of college baseball. I loved all the home runs, man. They were hitting them left and right. And I, I, I freaking loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. I, I, so, so give me, I hope whatever they juice, I hope they keep them juiced. I guess that's the point. I agree. I think, um, you know, the game that, uh, so last Tuesday, Florida and JU played here. Uh, Howard hit one, Caglione hit one, Langford went four for five and hit one. I mean, we saw six homers in the game. 
three from each team. So I, I'm totally on board. The next night, uh, JU went to Gainesville and won, and they scored 10 runs. So, I mean, I, yeah, the numbers are just exploding right now. Yeah, I, I, at least for me, I, I, I love it. I love watching it. I love the, I love the way it's played, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, in, and I'm enjoying the heck out of it. So it'll be, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch. We'll be doing shows from UNF games and JU games as the spring moves along. We always do that, and it's going to be fun watching. And by the in way, Florida, Florida State. In, in, correct, in Florida, Florida State. Boy, boy, won't that be fun? That'd March, be a great one. March twenty eighth, Florida FSU here. It's always great, but boy, this year, whoo, it'll be good this year. Um, the uh, and the other part of it too, by the way, is whether balls are juiced or not. Gibby, I think another part of it is college baseball. There's big, they're all going to get big, strong guys. I mean, Chris Armstrong, the guy that transferred from Florida to JU, is a big, strong guy. Mm-hmm. The the cleanup hitter is that the freshman he hits cleanup. The guy you were telling me about, yeah, Chandler Howard. He's like six four, two hundred. Yep, he's I a mean, big kid. Cherokee Nichols at UNF looks like a bodybuilder. You know, him, he, he he. Did you have him in here the other day? I had him on yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Was he in studio or by he was? Phone? We recorded it because you know most of the games they play on Sunday yeah, afternoons, right. so right. I recorded right. it with him. But he's hit two of their twenty five. He looks like a bodybuilder, doesn't he? He does. He the, looks the part. The kid from um from Bartram Trail, Lodice. Alex Lodice. Yeah. Lodice. He's hit five, he's and hit he's a freshman. He's a freshman. He's hit five. I think he that tie. I think he just tied the freshman record already. Yeah, he's a good player, Bobby. Oh, I mean, really? He's a, he's a really good player. So, and, and they're getting guys to stay home. So, anyway, it's gonna be fun. It'll be it'll be it'll be fun for me to watch and follow, and, and we certainly. We certainly will continue uh, to do that. JU's at Miami on Wednesday, first pitch, yeah. 4 p.m. Yeah, so, okay, see, that'll be fun. That'll mm-hmm. be fun, because Miami's pretty good. Miami, yep. they weren't going to, they beat Florida one game. They weren't going to hang yeah, this Saturday with that game. Florida offense. I love the uh, the little back and forth. Uh, Miami threw up the U, and then Florida hits a home run, and they broke the U over his knee. <laughs> yeah, I will say this. Going to home plate. College baseball, and it's gotten chippy, man. Chirpy, too. I get, is it? Is it the Tennessee last year that started all that? Oh, Tennessee like, was guy? very talkative. But man, everybody's chirpy now. I mean, they, they, the Florida and Miami were chirpy like crazy yesterday, and, uh, which is interesting. That's good. Yeah, I, like it, that. I do yeah, too. I kind of do too. I kind of do too. So, anyway, Home go. runs and brawls. <laughs> do uh, get, get any tea times? I do. Who would you like to know right, about? Give me, give me some. Give me okay. Some. Well, I would say um, um, certainly a marquee group uh, would be Thursday, twelve fifty-six. Max Homa, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. Right before that, you have the winner of the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill, Kurt Kitayama, alongside Will Zalatoris and Xander Schauffele. They go off one? So they go off at 1245 on Thursday. Off one? Yes. Those, those guys are all off one. Yes, okay. they're all. What about the big groups? They had the Rory. Rory, Rahm, and Scheffler are 756, right oh. out of the gate Thursday. On number, off number one? Uh, I would assume. Okay. How about that? Oh, that group. I think right the number the one you've, got, you've got a fifty percent chance of being. They're, right. off, I mean, they're have, off ten. They're Rom, off 10. Sheffler, but but, how, about that, but how about that group? How about seven fifty six? One, about, two, and three in the world. Yeah. yeah yep. Good. Good morning. Good morning. Have your pancakes early. Mm-hmm. You know, get, get out of room. I that, think the loser Monday number one pick might be in that group. I, That's a good <laughs> chance. Oh. You know, I got a pretty good chance. Maybe the top three picks. Top three picks might be in that group. Might be in that group. Just you think I'm taking Scotty Scheffler with my second? I assume I pick second. If you think I'm taking Scotty Scheffler, you are mistaken. You won't pick him all year. I might pick him this year, yeah. but I'm not picking him. Well, for the well your pick could still be in the group. Yeah, it's very possible. Well, the the worst thing though is I'm not going to tell you. What, I'm not going to lie. What I'm bummed out about is Paul Casey's now in live. I know because <laughs> I thought for sure that Hayes Carline would drop a Paul Casey on you at some yeah. point. I might as well. I think I lose the players every year. So. <laughs> I, I, I might as well I pick think? Dustin Johnson. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Just for kicks. You yeah. are going to pick Tom Kite one year. I, just, yeah. I, I figured that out. So, Another um, couple of fun groups going off 10 Thursday morning, 734, Tony Finau, Tom Kim, Patrick Cantley. Tom Kim is, is kind of a yeah. – has gone viral. 
Uh, so that'll be a fun one. And people love Tino, Tony Finau. And then 745 Thursday morning, Colin Morikawa, Adam Scott, and Ricky Fowler. So certainly guys that have won it before in that group. And, and Morikawa still up and I coming. I can't wait this year. Everything's finally normal again. The weather we is pandemic. Gorgeous. We had bad weather. Now we're going to have great weather. It's going yeah, it to be changed. Unless it's changed today. I no. looked last night and no. I was like, wow, you couldn't draw this up any better. When it's we like, talked to Jared Rice on Friday, the weather for the weekend did not look ideal. Now? And now I'm I'm not going to say it's ideal because I don't want to jinx it like some people, um, but I'm going to say that it looks very, very good. Yes. There was originally rain on Saturday or Sunday, then that shifted to Saturday, then it shifted to Friday. Now it's gone. Now it's like Monday. Well, you know who we just heard from right there, don't you? <laughs> Frangie Show, Chief Meteorologist. That's right. Okay, yeah, I mean, look, I've done this show for 35 years. First time we've ever had a Chief Meteorologist. Yeah. So kind of excited about that, too. Just so you know. I got the extra pay for that last month. Did, so that did, was wonderful. Did it Thank cash? You. Did it cash? <laughs> yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad it did. Deposited it in cash. All right, we'll take a break. We come back. I want to go back to the combine. Anthony Richardson was so good at the combine. He, he, he crushed it. Uh, what does that mean for quarterback play? How do the other quarterbacks look? And other things from the combine, not just the quarterbacks, uh, that kind of jumped off the page. We had a good week there. We'll talk a little combine, a little NFL and more after this. Stay with us. The uh, combine is behind us. Anthony Richardson, uh, all the rage at the combine. He was spectacular in all the tests and uh, and really threw the ball well also. I thought C.J. Stroud was really good too. We had a conversation at the top of the show. Um, does it change how you feel, how good a player they'll be? It doesn't for me, but I will tell you, it was cool seeing him, because not just him, all of them. The work they put into that, the work, the work and investments you put into that, um, the ones who crushed not just the quarterbacks, who crushed the combine. It was pretty good stuff. Do you think the combine will uh, move from Indy? Probably, um, but it will be met with a lot of resistance. Um, but so I don't know that it will will leave uh, Indianapolis forever but i've got to think sofi is going to get a combine i mean they basically built that stadium with the combine in mind uh with a lot of with the draft in mind i mean that that's not just a football stadium it, it was constructed to be uh to be able to host every nfl event so i uh, i would think that at some point sofi gets to host a combine i don't know if it'll travel it doesn't strike me is the kind of event that can travel like the draft can because you really do need the space in the in the Indianapolis Convention Center. It's basically the size of Stark, Florida. I mean, it is gigantic, and it's perfect. The 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 downtown is set up perfectly for it. The teams love it there. Uh, the the media loves it there. Although I don't know how much of a voice that that they will have or should have. So I would think the NFL will send it to SoFi. I don't know that it won't come immediately back to Indianapolis and stay there because it it'd be very difficult, I think, for SoFi to replicate the conveniences logistically that Indianapolis provides. What the league does like to do is move its stuff around. What about Nashville? I don't know enough about their infrastructure. Um, do they have a, a convention center that's the size of a yeah, uh, small city? Yeah, good I point. mean, that, good that's – yeah, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, you're right. They I mean, they literally have well, uh, they in do. the convention center a 50 yard football field. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like I mean, thirty thousand square yeah, feet. Yeah. They've they've got. And I don't, it's a good point. I don't know that. What I do know is they have a, a big arena, and a big stadium, all in there together, and they're both on Broadway. You know, so I I mean I just wonder from an entertainment standpoint, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And and Nashville has hosted the draft, so I uh, you know, and and when they build this new stadium. 
they're going to get a Super Bowl yeah. very quickly no after building that uh, yeah. stadium. So, um, you know, I, what I about just Vegas, which I think does probably have a convention center. It has to, right? Because that's where every convention I would world goes. I think they could right? probably, probably do yeah. it. Um, but I, it's I, not a huge money maker as far as if you're the city, if you're yeah. Vegas or if you're LA. It's not like the draft where you're getting a ton of fans. There are very few fans that go. So, yes, you, you get the heads in bed, so to speak, with the teams. But not even every team attended or every head coach attended this year. And so I wonder if the NFL is going to try and start mandating that every head coach has to go moving forward. Yeah, well, there, there is some talk that the NFL was bothered that some teams didn't represent. And yet I don't know that you can mandate it. It'll be interesting to see because it, it, sir, I'll say this. You talk about keeping the NFL in the news. That's why Anthony Richardson's so in the news today. He crushed the combine better than anybody that went, and it is all the talk. The combine was on all over ESPN, all over NFL Network, at a time where there's not much else. Baseball hasn't started yet. The uh, basketball's in a lull in between the All-Stars game and the playoffs. College basketball hasn't even gotten to conference tournaments yet. Uh, we are shy. of we, It's before any majors or even the players in golf. So there's nothing else. So, I mean, there's no one smarter than the NFL and knowing when to have their stuff, and certainly they did. Uh, i got to read a story here. This is from Dove Kleiman, whoever he is. We all follow him. According to Rich Eisen, Tom Brady might not, quote, be done after all with playing in the NFL. This is according to Eisen, by the way, who knows his stuff, you would think. Quote, folks are saying keep an eye on Miami. Well, let me just say this for the purpose of this show. Pain me as it does. Whether it's Miami or San Francisco, I'm going to give Carlisle credit if he plays. The city doesn't matter. If Carl, if he plays, um, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a bonus, a bonus like a dollar. Okay, so it's not a big bonus. Hey, okay, I can turn that dollar into a dollar ten. <laughs> if Tom Brady plays, it'll be your greatest call ever because you never wavered from it. And I still think, by the way, you've lost your mind, and he's not going to play. And now I also think that Rich Eisen has also lost his mind. Um, but Rich Eisen says he might not be done after all. Brooks, your thoughts? Uh, that was my hacker moment. Your thoughts? I, yeah, I would still be very surprised, like I was last year, that he unretired. Because in my world, when you retire, you are officially done. Well, you don't unretire. You not are, twice. You think about it. Even the first time, you think about it and you make your decision once you've thought everything through. But yes, he he unretired once. And I understand last year there was a lot more going on. But, look, Tom Brady's just going to do whatever Tom Brady wants. But, Hayes, will you get all the credit if he plays for Miami and not San Francisco? I mean, I don't care. I mean, Well, you you care about credit from Lauren and me. Don't act like you don't. It means the world to you is what it means. It means everything in your very heart and soul credit from us matters. I mean, I guess it would be better if it was San Francisco, because, but that was the team that made the most sense. No, no, no. no, But if it's Miami, then – you know, again, let me know how I get it's to Miami. No, first of all, I don't but know. I don't know what happens to yeah. Tua. Yeah. Miami to me well, is is a clumsier fit. Yeah, let me, it, let me. it's got the weapons. Yeah, but it's a clumsier fit because what are the Dolphins going to do with Tua? I, I agree. They could bench him and for play, a year. Let me, yeah, play Brady because that's where he lives healthy. already. Again, more important than that, let me get back to Carline for a second, okay? <laughs> to, and I don't even like him, okay? But to the, to Hayes's credit, well before he said San Francisco, yeah. 
he said there's no chance he's really Absolutely. retiring. Before you even got to a team, he said there's no chance he's really retiring. I can't imagine that he's going to play so, after retiring twice. So so I got to give Hayes all the credit, no matter yeah, what team. I, I was he could, totally he could, joking. He could play on the Vikings, and I would give him the credit. But so that jar I can't of imagine sand? that he would retire twice. I know you said he's going to, and maybe, and maybe you're going to be right. I just can't imagine. I never ripped him for the first one because I said, okay, you know what? You're entitled. To, he's earned that. But he's, it's, it's like a boxer now if he does it again. The greatest boxer. Yeah, I mean, isn't it? I mean, if he keeps retiring and unretiring, no one's ever going to take the guy seriously again. So that jar of sand that sold for like $100,000 that came from the beach. What about the jar? What about the sand? Shouldn't have bought it. What about the sand, Hayes? <laughs> yeah. Do you get your money back if he comes back to play? I think that's a, that's a bad investment. Yeah, and I don't, and by the way, I don't want him in the AFC, okay? Can you imagine that? I mean, if, I, mean, I, I mean, if he ends up with Miami, uh, now uh, – the Jaguars don't play Miami, um, so it would kind of be helpful from this standpoint. Uh, the Jaguars play the Bills because of the first place schedule. So whoever, I guess, the Dolphins finished second in the East, so that would that would hurt Tennessee. Tennessee would have to play Brady, and the Jaguars wouldn't. So from that standpoint, it might help. But I think the Jaguars are going to win the division by. I mean, now you're seeing reports that Derrick Henry's on the block. Yes, like, isn't that okay, shocking? The second that they trade Derrick Henry, it's a rebuild. Absolutely. I mean, it is an absolute rebuild. The fact that that's even out there, that Mike Silver, who is a, a very entrenched, respected reporter, mm-hmm. right. the fact that he is putting that out there, the, if, if they're fielding a call about Derrick Henry – it's over in Tennessee. They're taking. It, it's 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 over as far as them being a contender. They're rebuilding. So what do they get? Uh, what what could, what could they get? Let's say they are trying trying try to trade. What what could they get? I would think you'd get like a second and a maybe a third. Second and a fourth. Maybe, maybe. even a second and a conditional second to, if he hit certain. I don't think you're going to get a first for him, either. but but either. maybe. I mean, if you're if you're the Bills. Yes, I was going to say. So who would goes? you so give who up the? You know, a pick in the yes. you know high twenties for Derrick Henry. Absolutely, because that probably takes, would that takes some of the stress off of Josh Allen. Absolutely, and the way that he's you know has to be so physical carrying the ball at times. I also saw that the Titans might release Bud Dupree because of his high salary. I think, I think yeah, Can I have hurt. him here tomorrow, Bud yeah, Dupree? No. Yes. Now he's hurt a lot. Right. I'll yeah. take him yeah. in their rotation. No, I hear, I hear you. I hear. Me too. Me too. But he, he, he this is the guy that really has been hurt a lot. And that and that's kind of your concern. If if the Titans launch a rebuild, which it seems like they very well might. Yep. The Jaguars literally might, if they stay healthy, might have the division won by Thanksgiving. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is not out of the realm of possibility that they could be like ten and two, and the next team is four and eight, and then the next team after that is three and nine, and the, and the team after that's two and ten. The AFC South, if the Titans rebuild, is going to be a disaster outside of Jacksonville. Yeah, it yeah. is going to be glorious to and, behold. And your point is right. If they t- <laughs> glorious, the uh, if they if they trade Derrick Henry, they're rebuilding without there, a doubt. There's no you can't justify that if you're still. And Ryan, and, 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 and Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill worked for them because they had Derrick Henry. Right. I mean, that's why it worked. That, they were pretty good with Ryan Tannehill a few years because they had Derrick Henry. And I have to think if they trade Henry, they're going to cut Tannehill or trade him. I mean, there's it makes no sense to yeah. play Tannehill $30 million. We, yeah, correct. I mean, we had, we had this conversation when we did our roundtable with the other play-by-play guys, and Matt Taylor and Mark 
Vandermeer and I all said the same thing. You know Derrick Henry's got to be a two-down back because you can't run it. You can't play every down or you're in this league. So Hassan, whoever came in, uh, Hassan Hill, whatever his name was, Hassan Hill, whoever, whoever the backup was, uh, the Michigan guy. Anyway, when when, but we all said the same thing. God, it was good to see him come out of the game. Hassan I mean, Haskins. Hassan Haskins. When he came out of the game, it was glorious. I mean, I mean, I, I know as a play-by-play guy, did, didn't you guys feel that way? Any yes. Anytime he's at number one, anytime he's out of the game, that means it's third and long, and they're not a good third long team. But beyond that. He's he's not stiff arming anybody into the first row if he's on the sideline. He's a wrecking machine. Yes, yes. I uh, yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, I did not know. So that had to Silver had to just put that out there. He did. Well, or I mean, yeah, today. today so yeah. I mean, I've not seen it. Earlier. You know, it'll it'll be interesting right. to see if if it actually yeah. happens. But I bet you, I bet you it is. I bet you if a team calls Tennessee with a a low first. Or a, a high second, he's going to be traded. Let me go back to those Anthony Richardson things we started at the top of the program. Here's the possibility, the good possibility, if you if you support Anthony Richardson. And we all support him, but if you think he's going to be great. I would have told you that I didn't think Josh Allen was going to be a great pro quarterback because he was very much like Anthony. 16 touchdowns and six picks. Anthony was 17 and nine. 56% completion. Anthony was 54. Magnificent traits without looking like he had the knack. But one Wyoming, one SEC. Yeah, but also Wyoming talent with him too now. Right. So, um, but still didn't look like a guy that had the trait. And it took a few years, but he's become a, a wonderful NFL quarterback. So, in fairness to Anthony Richardson, Josh Allen, because he had all those traits, if the knack ever happened, he was going to be really good, and the knack happened. You know, he he struggled a little down the stretch. He's still a really good player. That could, nothing could bode better for a guy like Anthony Richardson than to follow the Josh Allen path. Well, certainly, if if Anthony Richardson is drafted to a team that understands what it's going to take to make him successful, and that may be some time on the bench, then I think, and maybe a team thinks, let's just play him and and he'll work through it. Who knows? But then I think he has an opportunity. He's he's a very smart quarterback as far as drawing on the board. Once the game time happens, the decision-making is not always where it needs to be. So a team is going to have to figure out the best way to bring him along, and certainly the Bills were able to do that with Josh Allen. More NFL talk in a minute. Let's take a break. This is 1010XL 92.5 FM. You know what? Speaking of Southern rock and roll, Sad to see Gary Rossington pass. Did you see that? Yeah. The last living member. This is the Allman Brothers, by the way. But the last living member of uh, Leonard Skinner, um, dead at the age of seventy-one. That's that. That's really sad. That is sad. That Leonard Skinner had a lot of tragedy. So yeah, I'm yeah. glad he made it to seventy-one. I did not realize, and I probably didn't know the story as well as I should have. I did not realize that he was on the plane. I, I didn't, didn't know I, that either. I didn't know anybody. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew that not. Not everybody Every, passed. Correct. Uh, I there were survivors. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know. I, I didn't. I didn't know that. So he was. Uh, yeah, dead at the age of seventy-one, the last living member. Um, how about this? Back in time, forty years ago, today. Beat it was number one. Ooh. You know that? I didn't know that. Uh-huh. But that's yeah. Uh-huh. You might Van hear Halen. that in the next oh, segment. Hang on, hang on. Oh, I got it wrong. Not beat it. Strike that, Gibby. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Another Bi- hit by Billy Michael. Jean. Ah, Billy Jean. Billy, Billy Jean. Billy Jean. Another number one. Billy Jean was number one 40 years ago today. 
How about that, Brooks? Free of charge is what you get around here. Iconic video of, you know, Michael Jackson moonwalking and yeah. the tiles would light up. Yeah, I thought would... Billie Jean. I'm, I don't know. Trust me, 40 years ago at the time, yeah. that was killer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Moonwalking is still good to yeah. this day. Yeah, absolutely. It is. <laughs> I don't know the video world like you do. That's, that's, kind of, that's so, so your thing. But Billie Jean had to be. Right, it was. I it mean, was massive. I mean, I know Thriller was the one that Thriller was about, the one that was but, the but Bill, phenomenon. But, but Billie but Jean had to be, you know, it was it was a very popular video. So yeah. was Beat It. They yeah. were all right. all very much different. Beat It was sort of the West Side Story of yeah. the rival gangs, That's and right. Michael's yeah. kind of in the yeah. playing, trying to play peacemaker, and then they all start dancing at the end, and it's brilliant. <laughs> but um, but, uh, but was, yeah, just uh, three session. incredible yeah. videos. But Thriller is the That's is the, one. the Casablanca of the, music videos. The um, by the way. Are any of you guys old enough to appreciate Casey Kasem in American Top 40? Absolutely. Yes. Are you, are he was you also uh, Shaggy on Scooby-Doo. He yeah, was. Yes, he was Shaggy. Very, very nice. But he American Top 40 might have been the greatest thing of all time. Because mm-hmm. I promise you, when I was a kid, on Sunday morning, you got back from Mass, okay, or on the way to Mass, you were locked into AT40. I'm just saying, it was a Sunday morning thing. Did yeah. you know that? Mm-hmm. So was it around when you guys were? It was. We'd it was, like yeah. drive to the beach and yeah. be... On it was greatest. It kid, was the greatest, yeah. and I love the story. Casey would tell you the story. He wasn't afraid. Absolutely. And Kate, what he would do is he would tease the story, and you, and you have to wait thirty minutes. And it started with a drummer who drummed in his garage, yeah. right? I mean, so he, he would it would it would be thirty and minutes the, later. And the like dedications yeah, were uh, great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I loved Casey. Casey. Casey was making phenomenal. Who's the most famous that does that now? Delilah. Is Delilah Oof. still around? Yeah. She does dedications. But she didn't have stories. Well, she has stories. I don't yeah. even know who that is. Deli- oh, Deli- really? Delilah. Yeah. You know that? Really? Huh. Thank you for being part of our night. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Gibby. John Tesh. Like, yeah. Does yeah. he still do a show? Yeah. I think so. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. But Tips I, uh, for your life with John Tesh. <laughs> but, but, uh, Gibby, did you ever hear Casey Case American Top 40? Oh, yeah. Well, you I wasn't too. alive, but yeah. You know I mean, about it, though. I know exactly okay. who you're talking about. Very good. I right. love Casey Case. Um, Derek Carter, the Saints. How's that going to go? It'll go well. Uh, they're the best team in that division, which is uh, a low bar, but they are. Uh, the big thing now for the Saints is Alvin Kamara and what's going to be his status. But if uh, if 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 he is, let's just say he misses a, I'd say a, let's say he misses six or less games um, from his uh, Chargers uh, that he's accused of out in Las Vegas and getting into a brawl in a casino. Um, if it's six games or less then they have a chance to be very good on offense because Derek Carr is a good facilitator if he's got elite talent around him. Olave is a star. He's going to be fantastic. Uh, Kamara, I still think, has something left. And uh, and they've got some other good pieces. They have a, a pretty good defense. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Saints probably are a team that can go 10-7 and seven with Carr, and that's probably going to be good enough to win the NFC South. Why didn't Carr do it for me? I, I just I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. He, the numbers are very pedestrian. Twenty four touchdowns, fourteen picks last year. Twenty three, fourteen the year before. I can't get there. I think he's just okay. I, and and now, if you got to go find quarterbacks, there's not that many out there. And he just got four for a for a buck fifty. So I mean, obviously he's he's he's, he's he knows rich. how to he knows how to get paid. Yeah. That's one thing he knows yeah. how to do. I don't know that he knows how to win. Yeah, but he knows how to get paid. This is his second contract of over $100 million for a quarterback who I would not consider clutch in the least. Yeah, I just, I just, but, but I, but I agree with you, Hayes. Uh, a, a, a division that, uh, that Hal now has Kyle Trask, um, Desmond Ritter. Well, I was going to say Kyle Trask, who knows, who knows, and Carr, but you're right, probably Desmond Ritter. 
you know, I, I mean, it's, if a division that doesn't have much at quarterback, you're you're right about that. So we'll see. Um, Didn't Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars beat Derek Carr and the Raiders last, in the last game last in Oakland? Game in Oakland. Yeah, 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 that's exactly right. So uh, the stadium. that just goes to show you. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Well, he and he was terrible that game too. Correct. I mean, he, I, mean, he, I, I remember how bad. I remember thinking about how bad he was that game. So that's the first domino, I guess, in the quarterback stuff, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Big so, one. so yeah, so now, so he's off the board, and and the Saints' job is no longer open. Correct. So Jameis will get cut. Jameis so cut. Now Jameis so, Winston. Post June first. Yeah, probably adds yeah. a domino in there. Yeah, and I guess a um, smaller domino. The next big one has got to be Rogers something. Retire Packers Jets something right? And he's Is gotta, that the next one? Yeah, and that's gotta come what in the think? next couple of days. I mean, I think he's very cognizant of the new league year starts in a, about a, a week. Well, legal tampering about, about a eight week. days. Legal, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you, you really you really have to make your decision by that point because if you haven't, everybody pretty much has to assume you're retiring, uh, and so it, it's it it would be difficult it, at that point. He could still decide to play, and a team would make it work. But it's much easier. He's going to have more options if he announces his intentions well in time for interested teams to get their offers ready for the Packers prior to the start of the new league year. So, um, you know, because obviously he's going to get paid a lot of money, so you've got to make sure you're you're able to take him on uh, to your cap and things like that. So I would think an Aaron Rodgers decision is coming in the next – 72 hours I uh, maybe tomorrow on the McAfee show I, th- I would say there's a very strong chance of that yeah because obviously people are going to be pressing him from the Packers organization are you committed or not and are you yeah. playing for us or not Th- those are the two questions we have to have you answer yeah and even if you wonder if there's things that everybody knows but us but the but the the pop general populace boy it hadn't stuck it hadn't seeped out has it and that would leak yeah, you you would think. Yeah, so I uh, it'll be interesting to see as you as you continue to watch this whole carousel thing. Let's assume, let's assume for a second he goes to the Jets. Okay, let's assume just because because a lot of people, I would think the consensus is if not the Packers, the Jets. Would you agree with that? Uh, yes, I think that's the maybe consensus. the Raiders, but I think the Jets are ahead of him. So let's assume he goes to the Jets. Jordan Love becomes the Packers quarterback. Derek Carr is going to be the the Saints quarterback. Then where does everything go? Then, then what? Let's, if, if it happens that way. So now the Jets, the Packers, the Saints now have a quarterback. And the Raiders sign Garoppolo. And, okay, so is that the next thing you think? That's, that would be the next domino. Okay, well then, well then, then that's it. Then other than then other than teams drafting quarterbacks, that's it. If, then Brady to the Dolphins and Tua well, somewhere? <laughs> well, Brady to the Dolphins, that thought, assuming in the off chance that Brady does stay retired, then the uh, then then that if if – now that it's Carr to the Saints, if Rodgers went to the Jets and Garoppolo went to the Raiders, that would end the carousel because everybody else – I mean, you don't know who's going to win the San Francisco job because they both did hurt. Right. And you now assume Geno Smith's going back. But, I mean, wouldn't wouldn't that kind of close all so, the conversation? I think so because you would assume that Houston, Indianapolis, Carolina, Carolina are drafting guys. Are drafting guys. Right. Maybe Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, so – And then Lamar – Jackson stays franchise in tagged and Daniel Jones franchise tagged. Baltimore and, and, and I'd be Jones very surprised if either of those guys aren't on their teams. And those are the two I felt the strong. The Ravens aren't letting Lamar Jackson not play for them. No matter what, no matter how it plays out, 
there's not a chance. I don't think there's a chance in the world. He's an MVP, for God's sake. I don't think there's a chance in the world he's not on the team. I don't think so either. I mean, from listening to John Harbaugh last week in Indianapolis when he met with reporters, he made it very clear that he just does not see the Ravens playing without Lamar Jackson, and not just this year, but for many years to come. And so, I mean, he, he offered support uh, for the general manager, but, you know, he was like, I'm on both sides, you know, but – he 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 struck a tone of I'm incredibly optimistic that we're going to have Lamar Jackson, uh, and so I, I would be surprised. But it, it will be interesting to see what kind of tag they put on Lamar Jackson because there's like a twelve million dollar difference between exclusive and non-exclusive. It's like forty five million versus I believe like thirty two, and uh, if it's the thirty two million, the non-exclusive, a team could come to a deal with Lamar Jackson and just give up the two first rounders to to get him, uh, the Ravens would have the option to match it. At $45 million, no one can negotiate. He's just a Raven, and he gets $45 million. Isn't that insane? The fact that, especially, not that Lamar might get $45 million, but more that we're seeing Daniel Jones was asking for that per year. And, I mean, I guess you may as well ask for it. But it, I am surprised the Ravens, and Lamar couldn't come to a deal that he would not because he would not accept lower guaranteed money. I'm surprised that he didn't look at the situation and say, okay, yeah, I, I haven't been as healthy. I will reduce the amount of guaranteed money that I'm looking for. Taking the agent element out of play makes it an unusual situation. He doesn't have an agent. He and his mom are negotiating it. The union's helping him. But that's such an unusual paradigm that it's hard to predict, right? I mean, because it's somehow, some way, these agents, by the way, always represent other quarterbacks too, and they're trying to they're trying to put the puzzle together. Well, none of that's in play with Lamar Jackson. It's really interesting, and, you know, Pete Prisco's laid this out very well. If you're the Ravens, it's tough because if you get a great deal, you're going to be criticized for taking advantage of them, and that could sour your relationship. But you also don't want to necessarily just give him everything – uh, it, you know, so it's, it, it is a tricky negotiation, but I just, I don't, if, if the Ravens lose Lamar Jackson, they're now in rebuild and they're way too talented on the defensive side of the ball to do that. So it just, it just doesn't make sense for Baltimore. I mean, it, it it's at this point, I think it's tag them, continue on the negotiations. I, I'd, I'd make it the exclusive. So you don't have any chance of losing them. And uh, you know, and, and let him play out another year. If he could give you 17 games, he might win the MVP again. Right. I mean, statistically, it's he's really good incredible, player. and he really wins player. a bunch of games. His career record, I want to say, is like 44 and 17 and, and, or something and like he that. He may not it's, be as high a percentage passer as there is in the league today, but he makes big throws and big moments. He's a good player, and he's going to be great yeah. with Todd Munkin. No question. I mean, no, that's going to be unfair at times. That's a gr- that's a great. Point. You're exactly right. Let's take a break. When we come back, Lauren wraps the program. Our last show in studio will be at the Players the rest of the week. Lauren's News and Notes are next. Forty years ago today, Billie Jean made number one. Made number one for Michael Jackson. One of many. When I saw that, Lauren, I thought, God, time passes. Forty years (laughs) since since Billie Jean. Forty. It doesn't seem possible. Gosh. That one just kind of jarred me. Yeah. We talk a lot of music on the show. I told you guys in the break, I watched the Whitney Houston 
yeah. movie, and I want to dance with somebody, and it is just spectacular. I'm dying to see it, so I'm glad you told me that. That's not, that's, we just haven't gotten as many movies as we normally do, Suzanne and I, but I'm going to do that one. Naomi Aki is the star of the movie. Obviously, yeah. she plays Whitney Houston. After the movie ended, I went back to like kind of research to see how yeah, true yeah. it was, yeah. and it, it's all yeah, very yeah. true. Uh, and so, yeah, highly, highly, highly recommended. Oh, right, Whitney yeah. Houston, by the way, it's a shame what happened with her. I mean, Whitney Houston had an incredible voice, was beautiful, was charismatic. What what a shame that life ended so soon. You know that? I mean, it, golly, it is I mean, Whitney really Houston, sad. Whitney and the movie Houston, will make you a, even, yeah, even what, sadder. What a star. Golly. We have not talked any college basketball. Florida did. This is from Mark Long of the Associated Press. Florida did one thing right in Todd Golden's first season. They beat all the teams below them in the SEC standings, went 6-0 and against the bottom feeders, LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss, and South Carolina, and 3-9 and against the rest of the league. As you guys know, 8-seeded Florida will play 9-seeded Mississippi State Thursday at 1 o'clock. You can hear that game on 10 10 a.m. beginning at 1230. Yeah, the general consensus about Florida is kind of what we have all said, and that is – misjudged the team he was bringing in, didn't have the team he thought he would have, didn't have a particularly talented team. In fact, if you take a really good college center and a, and a highly – a freshman with a lot of potential off the floor, it wasn't a good team at all. And he did a pretty good job coaching a team that wasn't very talented. I think that's probably the – now, the coach Hayes is responsible for the talent, but I think that would be the general consensus of Todd Golden's first year. I can be. Yeah, he yeah. gets a B as a coach. As a coach, yeah. Yeah, I, I would go C if you count it all, if you count recruiting and coaching. But I would say B, coaching the team. I would almost say A minus coaching the team because or, yeah, the victories after losing your best shooter or yeah. your scorer, your best shot blocker, yeah. your best rebounder, the fact that they were even able to keep up the morale is really good. But also the fact yeah. that he was able to figure it out, play that three guard system. I think Todd Golden did a really good job coaching his team. Right. He made a bunch of adjustments. But, yeah, as far as the team the that was team. assembled, not a not a deal. Well, he needed Kyle Lofton to be a really good player, and he just wasn't. He was just a guy. I think I, – I mean, they said from day one they needed Castleton and Lofton to be really good players, yep. and they just weren't. And, or Bonham. Bonham yeah. could have come in and, and yeah, helped but, a ton. But Bonham wasn't expected. He came from VMI and had played a little there. Lofton's played 35 minutes a game for St. Bonaventure, and they expected him to be a star, and he wasn't. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We've obviously talked about Riley Kugel. He said post uh, the victory against LSU that anything about him leaving is a lie, and so he is definitely, we at least should expect him to be back. I'll tell you what I've heard about that is that there is no danger of Riley Kugel going to the portal, that if he plays college basketball, that he is locked in. Comma, but the NBA. Comma, but there's going to be people trying to get him to go to the G League. Okay. There's going to be people trying to get him to, to to test the waters. He's really talented. He's not ready for the NBA. He's not going to go in the first round. Um, but there is a lot of talent there. And so there's people that are – he's going to get pulled a little bit uh, to maybe – but I don't think there's any danger he goes to – no danger he's going to go to the portal. That's he either news. comes back to Florida, which is probably what he's going to do, or he'll test the waters. And he has eight games in double digits this season as a freshman. That trails only Bradley Beal, who did it ten times as a freshman. And I'm guessing, we know how his career turned out. And I'm guessing it's probably the last eight, right? I'm it's guessing it's got to be last, yeah. eight of the last probably nine yeah. or ten. Yeah. yeah, he's he's been magnificent. A little combine news and notes. Dane Brugler tweeted this as he walked out of Lucas Oil. Two workouts stuck out to him. 
CJ Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba, the top two performers that he saw were both Buckeyes on Saturday, and neither was surprising. Yeah, I would. I, I thought Stroud, like Anthony Richardson, was really good. I, I thought Stroud, again, I've, I've, I'm a broken record now. I think CJ Stroud's going to be a really good player. I've said that countless times. Yeah, he was uh, magnificent. I uh, also really liked uh, the Georgia tight end, uh, Washington. Uh, really intriguing mix of strength and yeah. athleticism had uh, you know probably one of the better catches at the combine in mm-hmm. terms of the the one-handed uh back shoulder um intriguing player i i don't get a sense that's what the jaguars do at 24 and i think he's going to be there so i think he's going to be one of the three or four guys that when the jaguars go on the clock we're all going to be like wow could they really you know could this be washington um i don't think it's it's where they're going to go but it it would it would I could understand why you'd want that unique puzzle piece because it's basically, uh, I mean, in terms of potential, I mean, he he would be the definition of how do you defend him. Yeah, by the way, I will say this. Everybody loves comps, like like NFL comps. For me, watching, the and maybe, and maybe it's because they both spent at least some time at Ohio State, the comp for Stroud for me is Burrow. That's the comp. He can run, but he's not a runner. Um, six three two fifteen, but he's not six five two forty. You know what I mean? Accurate, savvy. So the comp for for me watching C.J. Stroud, the comp is Joe Burrow. And again, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying he's as good as, but you 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 try and talk about who's some. If if Anthony Richardson, the comp is Josh Allen, which I think it is. If he becomes good, I think C.J. Stroud, the comp is Joe Burrow for me. I mean, that, that's that's really what I think. That that's who. If Caleb Williams is Mahomes, which everybody says. If Anthony Richardson becomes good, he's Josh Allen. I think Stroud is very burrow, very, very burrow to me. It's always funny to me when a knock against quarterbacks in college is, well, they were surrounded by good weapons. And it's like, Joe Burrow, yes, was surrounded by good weapons at LSU. Look at what he's surrounded yeah, right. by in Cincinnati. The whole goal of your offense right. is to put weapons around your quarterback. That shouldn't be a knock. That should be something that, yes, he can get right. the fast guy the ball or he can get the big tight end the ball. Darnell Washington, 6'7", 264 pounds, ran a 4'6'4". Four, four. I don't think that the combine testing matters as much for quarterbacks, but when you talk about tight ends or DBs, one of the DBs ran a 4-2-6. Like, that's when I do think those numbers can matter. I don't think Washington's going to be a great pro. I think he's a big physical blocker, but it's not like he's Darren Waller who's got bend and loose. You know what I mean? I, I don't think he – look, he was the second-best tight end on his team. I, I I think he'll be okay, but he doesn't. I don't love him. Well, he was second-best tight end on his team with a tight end that is stratospherically <laughs> generational. Good point. Good point. Well, you know what? Fair. Very, very good point. Very good. Very good point. So maybe I'm wrong. So, but, but I, we'll I don't. See. I don't love him. The good news is Hendon Hooker got a positive health update. So, what do you think? Drafted in the second round, maybe. Hey, you know that better. You have better. I think he's going. I, I think late he first. could go late, late first. first? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think a team could trade up I, in there. You yeah. get the fifth year. I, it, you know, if 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 he's on track to play week one. Uh, people, people don't like is his age. They don't like he's, he's 26. Which I don't, I don't get that either. It's like, are you going to be the GM there in 15 years? Yeah, I point. mean, yeah, very good I, I don't understand I'm, that. Like, right. if the problem is, well, I think he's going to be great, but he might only <laughs> play 10 years, you're, you're fixed for a decade. I don't know why the age would be a problem. I mean, to me, it would I'm not be a, a slight uh, against Hendon Hooker. So, um, Anyway, we've got some uh, not to uh, 
Did you see we've got updated uh, interview schedule for the players? Rory yeah. McIlroy kicking us off at 9.30 tomorrow morning. Well, that. Yeah, and well, then well. followed by John Rahm at 10 a.m., possibly the number one pick in the Loser Monday. Ooh, Gibby's not showing his hand, though. I can tell you that. Yeah. Gibby's playing no, close, but close to the best. I, I think you could probably narrow it down to three guys. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving, like, draft smoke screens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you are. It's the season for that, you know. I don't think anyone's trading up to get the number one pick. I will tell you that. Uh, finally, I would be remiss if I did not mention Bryce Young's stature at the Combine. He measured Frank 5'10 and 1'8 inch and 204 pounds. You know, I, I didn't see him up that close. We were around him, but I didn't walk up to him at the Combine. If he's 210 pounds, which he is, they weighed him, he's gained a lot of weight since I saw him in the summertime. I promise you he was not 210 pounds when I saw him in Atlanta. I guarantee it. Not yeah. a chance. I, I agree. And and again, it that goes back to what will his playing weight be? Right. It's not going to be that. It's I probably going to be 15 pounds less than I that. I can't imagine that it's going to be that. At least early on. I mean, maybe yeah, if he's right. good and he gets older, he'll he'll yeah. he'll add some some muscle, but uh yeah. but yeah, this is exciting to get an email saying uh from from the PJ Tour Communications. We've got Rory McIlroy at 9:30 tomorrow morning. Very good stuff. Meeting the media Rom at 10. On. It's on. We've got JT at 1, Speeth oh. at 2, Morikawa at 3 and Homa at 3:15. It's on, bro. It's here. Which Tom Kite? Tom Kite is at 5:15. Okay, so well we'll be on the air. Mm -hmm. so, so there you go. Yeah. But maybe he'll walk on over yeah. since you guys go back so you know many years will the media scrums be bigger tomorrow or were they bigger at the combine it will depend on the player <laughs> right, um right. both both at the combine and here but i would imagine i mean i, I gotta think i mean rory and rom yeah, 9 30 and 10 a.m there's right. gonna be a lot of people that are very interested in hearing what uh both of yeah. those gentlemen have to say jay monahan the pga tour commissioner will meet uh with the media at 11 so certainly he'll have uh, a lot of interesting things to say about what's going on with with the PGA Tour and sure. the uh, enhancements that they've made. What? Uh, tell me about the gymnastics. Any details, please? I'm gonna need them all. It was not our best meet, but we also rested. It was kind of a load management night. Yeah, I'm not that. sure why Jenny Rowland, the head coach, decided to do it that way. Other than we are towards the end of the regular season, it's just peculiar to go to number one Oklahoma and do that. But then, I think she could also kind of look at it and say, well. You know, we weren't trying our hardest kind of thing. Uh, but either way, uh, multiple yeah. starters, if you will, in, in your terms, um, were not uh, yeah. participating. Yeah, and Trinity so, Thomas didn't participate in the floor. Right. I, I, so I guess serious question because I don't know the answer to this. Is that a thing? That yes. load, is load management at the end of a gymnast near the end of a gymnastics? I'd never heard. I mean, well, so, I don't follow it enough to know. So if someone has any slight injury at all throughout the season, then load management, absolutely. You will not participate in every event. Yeah. So the, the ones that are going to be the hardest on your joints will be beam, because obviously you're landing on the beam multiple yeah. times, and floor. Okay. Uh, the other two, vault is very quick, and then bars, it's much uh, more you're not upper landing. body. You're, you're, not say, land you're, you're only dismount. landing once, right? Same with both of those, the vault and bars. So certainly you'll see a lot of gymnasts do not compete oh. in the all-around uh, that's all four events. But still, you'll see some not participate in events that they normally would. The problem was, though, the, the people that we had, uh, the gymnasts that we had taking their place did not perform very, very well. They stepped out of bounds multiple times. Uh, we had someone fall off the uh, beam. The vaults were okay. Like, it just, the whole thing was not as good as we normally would be. But, it, again, it, it doesn't matter. Were you ticked off? Uh, no, I was exhausted uh, from A, waking up at 3 a.m. in Indianapolis uh, and B, being on a flight that I thought we weren't going to make it. So by the time the gymnastics happened, I was just glad to be alive and at home. There you go. I didn't know about that. I did, I, you just taught me a lot. I did not really, but you're right. What you said, I guess it makes sense. 
the vault and the at the vault. The beam and floor. It takes a lot. Your joints take a lot of pounding. Absolutely. All right. So James Palmer tweeted this out. After the Super Bowl, Doug Peterson sent a text to his friend Andy Reid referencing that Reid stole the motion play used on the two touchdown passes from him. Then the next text Peterson sent said congratulations. I believe him, by the way. (laughs) I believe him. I mean, Doug is such a good play caller. He's such a – he's a smart guy. That is a smart man. He he, he is a – I'm ready for it. I'm, you know, I don't want to wish away my life because Rick Ballou will get mad at me. Rick Ballou always says you can't do that. Ballou one time wanted to take a swing at me because I wished away my off season yeah. instead of football season. But I am excited about what yeah. that's going to be next year. I, I really am. We do this on the podcast too. I'm I'm ready for training camp. Does he, to open does he like lecture tomorrow. you? And he, oh yeah, he, he lectured he, me all the time. He oh, said, yeah. "Don't wish like, your life away." You get mad it. at me about yeah. that. No, I'm ready. I'm ready to go to camp right now. Let's say a little Rick Ballou. Now the two minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. You used to lecture me on that. I lecture anyone who will listen. Yeah, yeah, you did. You, you lectured me on that. Don't wish yeah. your life. Well, you get, if I'd say, man, football's right on the court, you'd say, shut up. You did. You didn't like, you don't like that. Well, you know why I do things like that? Because guys like Gary Rosington won't see yeah. Jaguar football yeah, this point. year. The great last point. standing member of Leonard Skinner. Um, I love every day. I'm excited about tonight. It's great to see you three. I'm looking forward to the next two-hour show. I'm looking forward to uh, tomorrow, listening to what happens over at the Players and uh, the great day that will uh, conclude with Military Appreciation Night. I'm fired up for round one on Thursday, but I don't need round one here at Monday uh, at 6 o'clock. I can and, wait for it. And you don't need camp. You don't need training camp. No, I don't, you don't need absolutely. Until, I mean, yeah. I don't need I like training it. camp right now. <laughs> now, when it comes, now when it comes, no it. one is more excited that's, than I that's, am. No, that's fair. That's fair. You, but I, I'm not one of those guys. That, oh my God, what am I going to do with myself? It's only March sixth. It's got to be July. Yeah, no. I, I respect people that stand their ground and don't change their opinions on stuff. So good for you. Right, right. Um, Calvin Ridley, though, when oh. camp does come around, Rick, I said this earlier. I, look. Zay Jones and Christian Kirk and Ingram are wonderful players. They're wonderful. This bit of one, it's a wonderful team. But I look at I, I thought with with Jones and their this team was built on an awful lot of guys that hit twenty three home runs and batted two eighty, and they and you put a team of that together, you can be really good. Yeah. But they don't have a guy to hit thirty five home runs, and mm-hmm. I think that's what Ridley could be. You see it that way? Well, it, it's amazing because even you know when this franchise got rolling. In the mid-90s, the most touchdown passes that Mark Burnell ever threw as a Jaguar was 20 in a year. Right. I don't think the phrase has ever been used in this city, are there enough balls to go around? Right, right. Look at the skill position guys that all of a sudden this franchise has. I mean, this is arguably a top five offense, not only in the AFC, but in the entire NFL. You know, the only question for Ridley you go back to 2020, I think he had 90 receptions, like 1,350 yards, double-digit touchdown receptions. He averaged a great deal per. If he can get back to that form, you know, he's 29 now, but, uh, you know, I listened to his statement today, and I, I believe that um, he's going to be focused and ready because it's the final year of his rookie contract. I mean, right, if he has right. that type of year, think of the amount of money he's going to be able to make 
after the 2023 season. So it's a great day for Jaguar fans again, and uh, absolutely we'll be talking about it here as we get things started. All right, what else we got? That's it? We got a, a lot golf? of that. Oh, it's, it's a great week for golf, too. It's it's just a, uh, a phenomenal time of year. I hope the weather does its part. I hope it can stay like this for the next five days. Yeah, I do, too. Make Thank it you, six Rick. days, yeah. Rick Beluga's into the night right now. This is our last show in studio for the week because tomorrow we'll be live at Sawgrass Square at the uh, Tournament Players Championship. Remember what you used to call that? Tournament Players? TPC? That's right. Tournament players. We'll be live at the Players, and we look forward to being at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, and we're, we really are excited about that. I hope you're coming out to the tournament. I hope we're going to have that great weather. Uh, we're very excited about the fact that golf is here. Folks, that'll do it for our program, but don't go anywhere. You just heard from Rick Falou. He goes into the night right now. For Hayes, for Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Francis. So long.